Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the fifth anniversary. This is Austin Theory, and you're listening to WrestleCast Radio all day. Hey, hello to all my friends of WrestleCast Radio. This is Flip Gordon, and I'm very excited to introduce you to one of my favorite wrestling radio shows. Hey, what's up, guys, from WrestleCast Radio. This is Humberto Carrillo, WWE Superstar. You are listening to WrestleCast Radio. El Latino. Está en la casa, baby. Welcome to WrestleCast Radio. Hello there. This is the aerial assassin, Will Ospreay, coming from you live from the Tokyo Dome in Japan. And you are listening to WrestleCast Radio. What's going on? This is the man of the hour, Leo Rush, the 24-year-old piece of gold himself. And you are officially listening to WrestleCast Radio. First month, we are coming with the awards this time. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I figure we got to beat January. We have to beat it before it hits February. <laughs> yeah, usually it's like it turns into the first half of the next year awards. And yeah. <laughs> so we are we are here. We, we got to the... cut these categories, by the way. It was still. I know. We. I know you. You've omitted a lot over the years, but the whole breakout and most improved. I mean. To be fair, I have a wrestler named Steve Austin in both of those categories. Because let's be <laughs> fair, a lot of people, I mean, it's been years. I mean, that's a breakout for many people. Because we, ca- we had a third category that um, <laughs> I ditched that one. Um, but, yeah, we, we can I don't See, to me, breakout is different than most improved. Well, I know, but I'm being I don't, I don't have Steve Austin is on my is on my list for both. <laughs> <laughs> well, but breakout is basically three or less years. Steve Austin has had like thirty years. Hey, as someone who was born in two thousand and ten doesn't know that. That's that's true. All they know is that there's this guy who does this broken skull session. So with odd attitude wrestlers like the Godfather. <laughs> the Godfather. <laughs> Love that guy. Pimpin' ain't easy, man. It's just when you got your own weed shop and strip club. Holla, holla, holla. <laughs> so we will be talking Royal Rumble, obviously, from this weekend. We still haven't talked to the great Buddha Bye Bye show, and I realize this, too, Alex. We didn't talk about Wrestle Kingdom Night 2 yet. We didn't. Do you know why? Because it finally just came on uh, uh, the whatchamacallit. 
Oh, okay. So you haven't seen it yet, right? I only saw the uh, the Soya and Sonata match. Okay, let's let's put day. a weight on it then, because I do want well, to definitely see the whole I want show. To check out those final five, those final five matches for sure. Um, final six too. The Yohei and uh, Despi's really good. Despi and yeah. I mean Despi and the is, is it, was it another possible match of the year candidate? I wouldn't go that far, but um, it was definitely better Damn. than you, you would have expected. The opener was fucking fantastic, too. Was it? I, I went like three and three quarters on the opener. That was the uh, Yasutaka Yano and Taishi Ozawa versus Kosei, Fujita, and Ryuhi Oiwa. Those young lions, I tell you what, whatever they're putting a match, they just go out there and fight. It rules. <laughs> so tight. <laughs> like I, They're always great. Um. So uh, I guess I guess the the only reason I bring it up and and it kind of I kind of tie it to the entrance of one Katsuki Nakajima that um, I played yeah. for many reasons uh, as our lead in, but um, Okada who during the match during during the show there was in a match Okada and Makabe versus Kiyomi and Itamura the year before Okada said get this bum out of my ring I'm never stepping in another ring with this kid he's he's not worth my time he's a clown and. Wow. Okada refused to tag or he refused to start with Kiyomiya, so it was Makabe and Itamura started, and then Itamura got tagged in, or, uh, Kiyomi, or uh, Makabe tagged in Okada, who then gave a snapmare and put his back to Kaito Kiyomiya, to which Kiyomiya was like, oh, you know, fuck this, comes in, <laughs> starts stomping him out, and he, he being Okada, just no-sells the shit out of it, doesn't care. Yeah. And then uh, Kiyomiya proceeds to just kick him right in the mouth and right across the Ooh. face. And Okada lets go of it, and Okada starts checking himself, and he sees that he's bleeding and there's blood. And Okada goes batshit crazy off the deep end, which we haven't seen in I don't know how long, and it made me stupid excited. And he just yeah. starts beating the shit out of Kiyomiya. Finally, Kiyomiya after getting annihilated, starts fighting back, hits him with a drop kick that I'm surprised didn't break his nose. That was like the best drop kick. Like he, I hope he was like Okada. That's how you throw a drop kick, bitch. Um, Okada threw yeah, him back well, over the I guardrail. Yeah, well, the morning after, and you know it wasn't like a spoiler per se, but it was just like, hey, note to self: don't kick the rainmaker in the face. <laughs> and then you know, of course, you know, so I saw the three minute thing. I wasn't like, oh, but I was just like. Wow, because we talked the last show, was like the best setup is to either have Kiyomiya hold that strap for a full year, and then you do it properly at, at the Dome in 2024, you know, build him up, and, you know, joke Brainmaker, you know, he's going to lose that title sometime between in this calendar year, uh, <laughs> and then retrieve it back at Wrestle Kingdom or, or beforehand, so you have to set up that match. But um, the good news is, is... We don't well. Too good news. We don't have to wait a year, and it's going to be in a dome. Mm-hmm. Pretty damn. Sick. Yep. February twenty third. The uh, the bye bye KG Muto was. Uh, it's going to have Okada and Kiyomiya one on one. Kiyomiya is getting chewed out by Kevin Kelly. Like just you just you know. Sorry that you're not that over. You don't need to take it out on Okada. And then like when did Kevin Chris Kelly Char- turn here? By the way. He's just being a homer. He's standing up for his company. That's true. true. And then Chris Charlton kind of put him in his place. He's like, well, if you remember, you know, Okada did this and this and this. And he's like, well, I guess you're right, Charlton. You know, well, maybe he wasn't all there, but 
Still, you don't need to act this way. And he's screaming to the ref. He's like, ref, if you don't go in there and get these guys under control, you're going to have to throw this match out. Somebody's going to get hurt. He's like, ref, you've got to yeah. get in there. And, I mean, they, these guys were, Kiyomiya gets on the mic, and he's like, oh, you're going to walk away from me, you pussy? He's like, why don't you fight me? Fight me like a man. And then he he's laughing at him, and then he's like, oh, so I figured uh, the Rainmaker's scared of, of the uh, of the new Emerald, uh, you know, Kiyomiya. I can't think of his nickname for whatever reason. But he's scared of Kiyomiya, and that's the what kind of you got. Today is my Platinum Max mic drop shirt that I got at the rap Damn. concert. When uh, you were at the drop relief for like seven minutes? Yeah, just standing there while they were trying to figure out what to do, and I'm just like, ah, uh, I guess I'm just going to stand here. But, uh, Cody Rhodes, everybody. Cody Rhodes. Kiyomiya finally, you know, was like, yeah, I, I didn't think he'd want to fight me one-on-one. You're, you're a pussy. And Okada did that cocky, okay, all right, and just walked back, and they just started brawling again. I cannot oh, I wait it. for this match. Um, Fucking great but, match. And what's great is there's no title on the line. So, I mean, they could do a multitude of different things. They could, you know, surprise some people. But again, it's something that it could be done. So, on, uh, you know, again, you know, in a year, because what, Kiyomiya has got to be what, like 26, 27? Oh, if that even, let me look. Kaito July 17, 1996. So, yeah, he will be 27. He's 20. Yeah. He's 26. He's got He's so young. Here's the thing, though, is with the amount of respect that Noah let those veterans show him, he's, I mean, he's yeah. taking a rainmaker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let's Part be honest. The mood, the mood of goodness. Um, oh, my but, but the thing that the thing that intrigues me, which is once again why with cueing to the music, was we're going to get a tag match that's going to have uh, Keno and Katsuhiko Nakajima in the same ring as uh, Kento Miyahara. Yes. Which yes, yes. I don't know how that's going to go. Um, we've never really talked about this, but. I've never had a reason to bring it up because I never thought this anything like this would happen. But if you look back at Kento Miyahara started in Noah um, originally, uh, both Nakajima and Miyahara were trained by Kensuke Sasaki and his wife Akira Hokuto. Mm-hmm. And you know, for they, they were at Kensuke office together. They were a tag team. Um, these guys used to, you know, they, they started like they were like the two trainees and. I don't know for better or worse or why it happened or what happened, but but uh, easiest way to put it is these two fucking hate each other. Ooh, I like that. Like they, I like, like they like shoot hate each other to the point that that's why he I think he left Noah wow. and went to all Japan. So unless that's just a work that they just decided to stir up just to make people talk. 10 years ago or whatever, they've never been in a ring <laughs> together again because nobody think, like they don't, people don't trust them to work together. So Nakajima could legit knock out, knock out his fourth yes. person in under. I, I'm terrified. <laughs> what you're saying. I'm terrified for my, my pro wrestling summit heavyweight champion. <laughs> yeah, but Kiyomara, Ki, uh, Kiyomara, uh, Ken, Kento Miyahara. Wow. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of craziness right there. Look, Kiyomaru um, is like a perfect name if they would they would have tagged him Noah. They, they could have fade with uh, uh, <laughs> totally. uh, Kenta Fuji and uh, yeah, exactly. Yoshi, 
And Yamadoi? Yamato and Naruki Doi could have been there? Yamadoi? Our next shirt, Yamara. (laughs) So, like, well, what's crazy is you got to think about the ring general that's in that match as well. I mean, this is a a star-studded, sorry, Nosawa and Mozada and Gato and Taiji Ishimori. Fuck that match. The six-man tag match should be, like, number three behind... This should be behind Okada and Kiyomiya. Again, I apologize, Juniors, Hiromu Takahashi and Amakusa. But, um, yeah, th- I, I didn't realize that history there, uh, the hatred that they have for each other. But also, uh, the Booker Man, <laughs> he's calling the shots, but I hope uh, Manabu Soya, you know, kind of puts him in his place. But Yuma Aoyagi, like, these, this sixth man is insanely, like, main event on any other show, would it not? Yeah, there's there's a cool picture from uh, Diamond Ring, which was uh, the the thing that um, Sasaki had going. There's a picture of Miyahara and a young, fat, fatter-looking Nakajima, like as <laughs> the two aces of Diamond Ring. The Ric Flair of Japan. Um, just imagine this. It'd be cool if it was like a, a trios tournament, because there's a lot of, you know, six-man matches on here. But fuck, man! Just imagine it was like the winner of that match and faced the winner of the 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 Marafuji Iodel Doctor Wagner Junior Ninja Mac uh, Shun Skywalker Kai and Diamante match. Just for shits and giggles. Like imagine <laughs> the Dragon Gate trio taking on the Noah trio, the All oh, Japan gonna trio. That's gonna Just be, imagine that's gonna those be three against so those three. I uh, I also have to say that if uh, the the no, Nosawa and Mazada versus Gato and Taiji Shimori match. I feel like um, I feel like I need to go get tested for hepatitis C after watching that fucking Damn. match. Is that going to be the bathroom break? Hepatitis That's going to be. I need to take hepatitis. a shower break. Whoa, who's got hepatitis? Mazada? I don't know, probably Mazada or Nosawa or like it's it's just a dirty match. <laughs> Is he playing drugs on someone? I mean, you no. Know, Sal is that one guy who like is just this dirt gross scummer, and he still gets the yeah. chicks. Like he got eaten dry. Like it just. Ugh. Wow, I bet this was like diamond ring. Katsuka Nakajima and Kento Mahara Mihara defeat Brave Atsushi Kotoge and Takashi Sugera thirteen fifty. Down the front on that. And that was before they. Wow, they did a six man where it was Nakajima, Sasaki, and Miyahara. Holy shit. Against Takeshi Morishima, Ricky Marvin, and Tiji Shimori. Damn, so this old time. Mm. Anyway, now I'm, now I'm going down that, that fucking wormhole. <laughs> the well, we definitely can, uh, with the leaks, weeks leading up to the. Uh, KG Muto bye-bye uh, retirement show at the Tokyo Dome. Uh, because, again, the matchups are insane. Companies on companies on companies. Uh, Tokyo Joshi Pro being represented fantastically. Hell, the opener, Masaki Tamiya and Daike Inaba was to be taken on Yoshiki Inamura and Yasutaka Yano. That's your opener. My boy, Kitamiya, who should be the MVP of 2023. He would be my breakout star, but that guy's probably been wrestling for like 12 years. <laughs> breakout in my heart, that's for sure. 
Here we go. And then we get Ridgeway showing up, just like we're getting Timothy Thatcher on AEW television tomorrow against Brian Danielson, which <laughs> sat me up times 10. Yeah, that's pretty fucking sweet. Which also, when we will go back to AEW here for, for two more seconds. The Mark Briscoe, Jay Lepa match from the uh, the Jay Briscoe tribute on AEW Dynamite last week. Fantastic from mm-hmm. Jay Lethal's cheery eyes in the beginning walking out, which we all did, to the to Mark Briscoe saying in the ring, miss you, I love you, man, and then doing everything right with the TV on stage, hugging, hugging, being told, you know, you got 10 seconds, missing Samoa Joe as he's putting his hand out, <laughs> and then so holding funny. up both titles, as it says, you know, Jay Briscoe, you know, on the backdrop as, as it fades off. Beautiful tribute. I've yet to watch the actual uh, Jay Briscoe tribute on Honor Club, which I do have. Honor Club, by the way, fantastic. And it has all the, I would say 80%. It doesn't have a lot of the stuff I've noticed pay-per-view-wise, um, but it has from the beginning all the way to like 09, 010, and some That's stuff. Right. Yeah. Watch a lot of Briscoe. Tight. And uh, you, If it's on there, you got to watch Joe Kobashi. Yes, that, I believe that might have been on there. But, yeah, I noticed a lot of stuff was omitted. Like, I didn't see Ladder War on there with the Briscoes and uh, and Generico and Steen, um, a match I've heard of. But I think I had that on DVD, on uh, the Steen DVD. That I could be in that weird, like, prime sports era they were in. Ah, prime sports era. Rather than that, it was uh, some good stuff. So I just wanted to say uh, – if you missed the Mark Briscoe Jay Lethal match from last week, definitely check it out. Uh, awesome, awesome. Um, kudos. Hopefully, we'll get a lot more uh, when it's when he's ready. Mark Briscoe um, on AEW television. Um, do you have anything that really stuck out or was pressing to discuss from the um, the Bye Bye Show that was worth a damn? I thought the show I mean, was kind honestly, of fun, but like it, it, I thought it was a really good show, but like nothing. Yeah. Like I didn't go notebook on anything, but I didn't. Uh-huh. But like I had a lot of had three and a half, three and a quarter, two and three quarters, three and a quarter, three and a quarter, stuff like that. <laughs> well, you know my feelings on on Muda and and all that, which you know aren't aren't all bad, but I will say this was an enjoyable ass show. This was a fun show, uh, an array of different stylings. Uh, the one thing I will say, I, I truly did um, did enjoy. I loved the Thatcher uh, Masaki Mochizuki uh, matchup, where Thatcher just automatically gets an armbar in. Uh, it was obvious, <laughs> you know, a one-upsmanship, and then uh, Mochizuki tapping, which was nothing. Yeah. Um, Jake Lee, Jack Morris, and Anthony Green. The if you're gonna have just four dudes in New Japan, you gotta have what are they called? Three sexy the guys. Guys. Good-looking guys. I mean, Jake Lee, I don't, you shouldn't be there. But Anthony Green, I am a fan of his hamness. Jack Morris is uh, improving. Not improving. He's making me, A, want to improve myself and try to get that eight-pack that he has because, wow. Um, but it was a good match. You know, it, it was fine. You know, Masuki Tamiya, Daiki Anaba, um, and Yoshiki Inomura, uh, you know, taking the L in that. But, you know, to try to get this new stable over I thought was great. Uh, there was a martial arts rules match. Hideki Suzuki and Kazushi Sakuraba. Uh, again, triangle choke. Just Suzuki, my, my Japanese doppelganger, passing out. I will gladly take that uh, against Sakuraba. 
was a good match, ref stoppage there. Uh, literally just passed out. I'm, I'm sure he's probably still laying in the ring there. Um, but Muda, Sting, and Darby Allen, great entrances. It, it felt theatrical. Noah, again, kudos to the production um, that they have, that, that beautiful stage. Uh, Hakushi, Akira, at first I was like, who the hell is this dude? But, man, that dude was bringing it. Uh, Mark Akira Hushi, of course, Of course, coming in there. Um, <laughs> but the great. The yeah, he walked out. How that great is that? Just see the great Kabuki. Yeah, <laughs> he just out of nowhere. He, I mean, he, I'm glad he didn't go all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably still walking. They probably had the Royal Rumble uh, car that shit from many years ago. But that main event uh, again, I had a lot of fun. Um, Sting no selling like the best of them there. Hakushi looking good, but you know, minus that 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 uh, the, the walk rope. on the ropes, you know, kind of you know that muffled. Um, there. Hey, these guys are in their damn fifties, late fifties, sixties, whatever. Well, Kira's two years older than Muda. Kira Nogami. Really? I thought he was younger. He's in there bumping his ass off. Hell yeah, he was. That's why I was like, "Who is this guy?" I am a fan. He needs to be on Joey Janela's Spring Break. Um, But my only thing was, is Muda going to make the KG Muto show? Because that dude. Well, Turd, I don't know if you've heard anything, but I was like, I don't know if that's, that guy's going to make it to the 21st of February. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's, I, I don't know. I, I kind of wonder if he's going to go for the moonsault, too. Or do you get, like, a stun double? Mm-hmm. Like, the lights go out in the dome, and all of a sudden, like, Muda climbs to the top, the lights go out. And then all of a sudden you just see a guy doing a moonsault. <laughs> and then the lights go out again, and then it's Muto uh, on top of, you know, um, Tetsuya Naito to get the win. <laughs> <laughs> it's like something out of Family Guy when Stewie jumps out the window and it's like clearly a stun double. And then he rolls no, and then... All you'll get is the, the internet marks like, oh my God, they broke the forbidden wall. The fiend is here. Oh, Lord. Who, who gives a shit about that guy? I guess on my worst wrestler list, and he didn't, he didn't even premiere until 23. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Go pitch black. Oh, God. Um, yeah, I mean, I think you said what? most of everything with that match. I didn't have, like, a big takeaway from it. I just, I really liked it. It's kind of where I was. Darby looked like he was having fun. Everyone looked like they were having fun, paying respect. Um, like I said, Sting looked like he didn't give any ass. So I was like, man, it must have been a long flight for him. Uh, T-shirt <laughs> thing, of course, you know, kind of coming up. I don't know. I, I really liked the show. It was a, a nice watch. I really liked the main event. I was I was going in not expecting to like it. Uh, and it's crazy how Mar Fuji's just like an afterthought in that old match. By the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The one who He's can like, I don't want to be here. <laughs> He's like, my allegiance is to Ultimo. <laughs> yeah, fuck this place. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was, it was a good, fun little match, or a good, fun little show. Um, I liked it. Yeah. Um, I guess, what, what do we want? What else left? The Rumble? You want to, you want to dig into this, this Royal Rumble that we witnessed on Saturday? Um, the do they PLE? still need to do a women's Royal Rumble? Do you think? Yeah, I think at this point you have to. Why? Rhea Ripley's going to win every time. Mm, 
Not necessarily. Kudos to Liv. One and two. She only lived once. Unfortunately. I thought the women's rumble was kind of weak. At least they were throwing them out correctly this time, this year. Maybe they were practicing (laughs) a little more. I I thought that Bliss and Belair was kind of weak. Yeah. Um, They have no chemistry whatsoever together. And they're Um, trying to tell this story that no one cares about. Yep, preach. Yep. I, uh, <laughs> what's your <laughs> yeah, it's just like what? tell me if Uncle Howdy came out with the yeah, gimmick? You better not you better not worry about Uncle Howdy, you better worry about me. I'm like, Okay, Alexa. Don't worry about that Uncle Howdy. Yeah, the pitch Remember black you love her? Oh, I did. I was uh I was a simp, you, as they called like, him, I think. You divorced your, your first wife just to shoot your shot at Alexa Bliss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if she was of age in 2009, but who knows? Um, look, like, the pitch black match sucked. Yeah. The men's rumble was fun. I liked that Walter... Goes the distance. He was tremendous in it. Clearly the I, MVP of the whole, whole match. Yeah, I think that might he might have had one of the best Royal Rumble runs, not counting Ric Flair. Because he was a part of everything. Yeah. He didn't look weak <laughs> in any spot, honestly. I don't think he looked weak at all. Minus some fatigue, but when you're going, what, 72 minutes? Yeah, like, and you're not, you're not, a, like, regardless of his, like, weight cut, he's not a small person. <laughs> no, God, no. Yeah. You know, it, Cody won, which was probably the right move. So, always interesting to see how that happens. Um, Logan Paul, though, uh, making that surprise uh, return, if you will, in the Rumble. Him and Ricochet, yeah. of course, having that really spot uh, going coast to coast uh, at each other. Uh, you know, kind of slingshotting each other and, and, you know, nailing a perfect shot, something that, sorry, Kofi, uh, after botching your, your two, your maybe your second in a row elimination, you got to retire that. You got to let uh, Ricochet and, and Logan Paul, you know, from now on kind of get the, the big Rumble spot. The big meaty men portion, the beginning of the Rumble, like you were saying, uh, Gunther, you know, kind of coming out. But when you had, like, Omos and then Lesnar and then Braun, and then, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, um, Lashley coming out, you know, kind of in the ring at the same time, that was a lot of fun because these guys yep. can actually work. So it was kind of cool to see, of course, uh, Lesnar getting eliminated right away, Lashley getting eliminated right away, but uh, Lesnar and Gunther having that stare down in, in one of those moments where people are definitely clamoring. Uh, Sheamus and Drew McIntyre, you know, kind of also, uh, you know, being a part of the, the big meaty men, you know, portion of it, they lasted pretty long. Uh, the the Bang Bros, if you will, um, or formerly known as, I should say. Got to get in that Bang bus, apparently. Uh, but my thing is uh, Edge, eh, I guess that was okay. Booker T, eh, you know, not not too many of the, the old school wrestlers, um, which was kind of nice there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, a lot of things, you know, kind of mixing up where, you know, Paul eliminates, you know, Seth there. You know, maybe that might be a Mania match. A lot of different, you know, areas that they can kind of go through, different feuds 
Um, you know, of course, Cody winning, like you stated there, you know, challenging Roman Reigns for one of the nights. Uh, because if you're the E, what the hell are you going to do? You you just pay off, well, pseudo pay off one of the best angles that this company's done in a long, long time uh, in your main event with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns there. Uh, you know, Sammy having enough of Owens just getting manhandled and beaten with a chair and Roman's like, okay, I shouldn't be doing this. You should do this. And Sammy grabbing a chair, thinking of what to do, what to do. And then, of course, the chair shot heard around the world. Roman selling it beautifully, going down to his knees. <laughs> the shield His ass beats. His ass beat. It was uh, two, three minutes, a little bit longer. Uh, Jay Uso, I loved uh, the, the emotion there. Um, this was just really, really cool. Um, of an angle, but again, it's like that yes movement, as we talked about, Ryan. What do you do? Cody's already challenged this, but but Sammy is your hot ticket with Reigns. What do you do? I think I think Cody's the guy. At the end of the day, Sammy Zayn's not going to carry your company, and they know that. Mm-hmm. So there's no point of screwing around and just putting the belt on him to put it on him for a week. I understand people are like, oh, but that'd be so cool. Well, you're not rooting as much as you invested in one person for that. It's just not happening. And yeah. I would like it to, you know, but some of these, oh my, like, I read this diatribe, and I was going to try to save it so I could bring it up to you. Um, Ooh. But I can't find it. Somebody tweeted this. I mean, it's just it's obnoxious. He basically was. Here, I'll go on to Twitter right now, and I will see if it just randomly pops up for me for any stupid effing reason. You remember Um, that horrible performance, by the way, by that that douchebag that sounded horrible? I sounded better than that guy. What, uh, Hardy? Hardy? One of the worst worst performances. I forgot it happened until someone sent me a GIF, and I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen. I was on a lot of stuff. He was like, like that, and they're like, no, that's not real. Um, <laughs> so anyway, this dude went into this like seven retweeting himself diatribe about about how everything everything is about Jey Uso. And he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to break down how the everything's everything will go back to him. And he's like, if you look at it, um, in Hell in a Cell in 2020, when yep. there's no fans, Roman used his own cousin, Jay's brother, and choked him out to make Jay quit because he couldn't beat Jay. And Jay didn't like it at the time, but he, he saw it was better to side than not. And then it's like Jimmy obviously fell in line and was was always about this and that, yada, yada, yada. And then he's like, uh, Sami Zayn showed up, and it wasn't that he had a resentment to Sami Zayn. It was that he saw all, all like, over again the way that he was being mistreated, mishandled, and he just didn't want him to have to feel the same wrath that he did from Roman. And then when he finally realized he was genuine, he stood up for him only to see at the Rumble when Zayn was broken down by Roman, he left because he realized 
I'm the only one that could have stopped this and I could have done it 18 months ago in Hell in a Cell. And he's like, which leads us to night one, Cody versus Roman. And night two, after Cody defeats Ro- or Roman defeats Cody, he defends the title one more night impromptuly as he takes on Jey Uso in the main event. I'm like, no, you're, you're trying way too hard, son. <laughs> There's not going to be Jey Uso against Roman Reigns. Half of this was probably booked on the fly because it got over and they didn't think it was going to go over, so they just kept running with it. Yeah. Yeah, but they, just... they've, that's been happening for six months. If you don't know anything within the first month or two, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Out well, they, but they don't know what they're doing. Well, the trans—that's true because during that time, that's when everything kind of blew up within the company, like in "quote unquote" real life. So, what WWE did is they they got a good program going because they have people in it that understand how to make a good program. Guys like Owens and Zayn, who are good at that kind of stuff. But I think what why people are going so. And, and I said, like I said, I may be on the island about this, but I think the reason that people are making this out to be the greatest thing that's ever happened in the history of pro wrestling is because they don't see anything even remotely close to this in pro wrestling anymore, especially with the Wait, E. Wait, I wouldn't say in all of pro wrestling. I mean, it was no, a it's, damn it's good in the, story. In the E. Like, how, like... So they're saying better he, than Steve Austin's rise at, at 14. I, I'm not saying better than that, but you know, people in 2010 didn't know he wrestled. You said it yourself, Alex. It's true. It's true. You know, so what I'm saying is, these people are so enamored by the storyline because they don't they they seem to forget that this company feeds you nothing but dog shit the whole time. So yeah. they strike gold, and everyone makes it seem like it's the greatest thing in the world. It's not. I don't. I I think it's a really good storyline. It's got some really really hokey high school drama acting where it's a lot of I talk really slow so you can understand me. Like, it's a lot of that kind of stuff. And, you know, people like that. That's good. I'm glad people like it because it gets eyeballs on the sport. But it's it's just, it's that people, people are making this angle out to seem like nobody's better than WWE and nobody has ever been that when the company couldn't get their shit right if it hit them on the head half the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, so it's like, I, yeah, well, that's the one thing is, is can, are you confident that they can properly close the story book? I'm not. I'm confident they're that's still going to That's why it's such an opportune time because Cody, he should have waited post-Rumble. They should have said, hey, we're going to let you rest because Cody has to win the championship at WrestleMania. If not, his character's blown. What the hell was the point? What was the point of the comeback? You have to go to the originality of wrestling and let the good guy win. But now the good guy everyone cares about is Sami Zayn. Yeah. And so if, if he, you know, it's in Montreal, Elimination Chamber, of course, you know, that's the one-on-one scenario. But, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, unless you do the two-title split, where one night is one night, one night is the other, you know, title. But, I mean, they, they really screw themselves over where 
unlike the the Daniel Bryan thing where they were trying to push that shit off, like, yeah, we don't care, until they were finally forced to do something. Like, they should have forced, like, Cody, we're going to put on the back burner. We're going to run this. We're going to keep selling a lot of merch. And then, you know, come the summer, you know, then we'll, we'll, we'll book into something where, you know, you win the title at SummerSlam, per se. Which was more of a Dusty Rhodes event or than, than WrestleMania ever was. It was more of a SummerSlam wrestler, in my opinion. And, and I get, like, the Cody Rhodes thing, because if you're going to do it, he's your, you're probably your most over guy. But it's like, yeah. this is why you don't get people over. Is As great as this is, it involves the only guy you're pushing, really. Correct. Which is also why it's over. If they, if, if Rain, Roman Reigns was booked 50-50, nobody would be caring about this angle. Mm-hmm. You know, look but at him. Um, also breaking records. I think people are looking at that. The fictitious, like, 1,100 days. It's like, well, I mean. <laughs> I just, I think if you, if you're going to properly do this, shouldn't the end game goal be to make your next star? Who's, like, who, but everyone's already quote, already a star. In this I don't scenario. think they have stars. I'm, I don't think they have stars. Who's a star in that? Cody Rhodes, Roman Reigns. I mean, I would say Roman Reigns is a star. Uh, Austin Theory, your U.S. champion, isn't a star. No, but you got a belt. But on they're him. trying you to don't... make. They're trying to put the importance on that title, though. Mm-hmm. They have been over the last four months. You, you, Even you though could I think argue the title's way more established, but Walter's doing a fine job by then that's submitting. You could argue that that Walter became a star, but you're also basically saying like, "Huh, you know, I I wasn't positive, but when Wayne Gretzky left the WHA for the NHL, we weren't sure if he'd become a star, but we knew he had the right tools to do it. Of course. Okay, a star. Okay, we'll go to your definition: a star or or just a wrestler. Ninety percent of the people couldn't tell you who a Walter or a Gunther was before twenty twenty two. Agreed. Agreed. But when he was given the shot, so in a he, sense, he is becoming a star. Yeah, because he's he's the guy where if you put him on TV, he's going to naturally just become a star. Is what what I'm saying. Like, if you look at um, like who's a good example? Like, like Drew McIntyre is a guy who they put in so many positions to be a star. And at the end of the game, at the end of the day, he's a he's a jag. He's just a guy. Yep. And that's like, if it was about doing that, then he should have won at Gate Gate Crash 22 or whatever in front of his hometown. <laughs> the same thing as Sami Zayn, theoretically. Yeah. You know, I would love to see it happen way more than McIntyre, but I just... Somebody said this to me, and I can't believe I never thought about this before, but they're like, if, you, if you're going to be smart, which you should be, and you want to make this make a star out of this, he's got to beat Cody, and he's got to continue to go through everything. And whether you wait until the fall or whatever... Why not have Paul Heyman be Paul Heyman and do exactly what he did to Lesnar with Roman and screw Roman, and why don't you have Solo Sokoa beat him? You want to make a star? There's a star. You could make him overnight a star, and he'd Mm -hmm. be protected because he'd have Paul Heyman in his corner. 
And now then you could have had him be the one saying, "Oh damn, you know, you're you're going too hard." As your enforcer. As your enforcer, that's yeah. But he doesn't talk though. He doesn't need to do that. He's just he's just a silent treat, silent guy. And Heyman can figure out that he's he should be the one being utilized. And then you mm-hmm. can cheer Roman again. You know, the people want to cheer him now. Okay, well now you can cheer him. Will they cheer him? Who knows? They might pull him again. But I don't know if I people just... are going to cheer Roman Reigns ever again, honestly, unless you get the <laughs> shield back up. Yeah. I just, I feel like you, what you've done with this, you have to make a new star, and they're not going to do that, and it's going to be offered. They're not going to make a new star, and three years from now, nobody's going to talk about this angle because there was no good thing that came from it. That's what scares me about it is you finally have done something right in this company and you're not even going to pay it off correctly. Mm-hmm. Which drives me nuts. Because once again, I want the company to succeed. Well, what's, the last, good. That, what's the last great wrestling angle that actually caught worldwide? See, that's the thing. Wrestling isn't a worldwide thing. This isn't 25, 26, 27 years ago. You talk to people about wrestling, like, yeah, hey, yeah, there's a new company on TV. was like, I don't know who the fuck it is. I don't know who that guy is. What's a young buck? What's a John Moxley? Like people don't like wrestling. Just isn't like there's there's fucking nerds and marks like us out there. And then like you talk to people, you're like, yeah, like every once in a while I wear a shirt and I'm like, oh yeah, like one out of like I don't know a hundred people I'll encounter. Other than that, I mean, it, it's just it's not that big. Of the thing, like you were saying, making stars. There's only like two companies in all of wrestling, and one of them's in Japan. GCW, maybe like two or three years ago, quote unquote independent stars. Um, but like Dragon Gate's the only one that's really like made people, that like grows their people. Like I saw a Braun Breaker interview, and I'm like, Ugh. this guy's been their champion for, I don't know, maybe over a year. He talks <laughs> just like his uncle, but I was like, I'm not like enthralled with it. Like, I don't give a shit. And that guy looks like a wrestler. But then when he talks, I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't I don't want to hear you talk. <laughs> like, and then and, I, I get bored. Like, eh. And, and there's people, like, uh, here's a perfect example of a star that was made in the last year, and it was essentially a homegrown talent. Look at MJF. He is a star. He became a star. And he was not a star. When the first time you saw him, I think wrestle was when he jobbed to M Dog Twenty Matt Cross. Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, like I had seen him as the welterweight champion in, M- in, in MLW is what I knew him from. The hell's MLW? <laughs> Cease and desist. Skywalker's American Company with Ben Ken. <laughs> so. They made a, but it star. Got a star within eight hundred thousand people. Yeah, but that's like, all the I mean, it might become a star a... being in an eight twenty four movie next year with the you, Von Erich film. You got to look at, but but when I say star, I'm not talking the Rock and Stone Cold when you have thirteen million people watching Raw or Raw and Nitro. American mm-hmm. wrestling fans are down to two and a half million people. It's gone. Mm-hmm. This generation Combined. doesn't watch it. So exactly, exactly. You know, that's what I'm saying. When I say make a star, I'm talking about in your community that you have watching this. Can you make stars? 
And to me, MJF was a made star. I think the acclaimed were made into stars. Oh, yeah. So it's it's not hard to do it if you just do wrestling. Mm-hmm. This company can't do wrestling. They just can't. It sucks because they finally struck gold with something, and I have no confidence that they're going to pay it off correctly. Do I, do I not know what's going to happen as much as I thought I did? Maybe, which is, excites me. But I still think at the end of the day, we're getting Cody Roman, and then we're going to get the Usos against uh, Steen Generico at Mania. I still think that's how it's going to go, which is fine. There'll be great matches. Like, that tag match will rock. I'm not mad about it. But, like, you have this whole angle, and then it ends with, you know. Now, mind you, Cody, who's to say Cody can't get this shit over in, you know, in, in two months? I don't know. After that press conference, man, I was all like, oh, he's becoming that AEW Cody where he's just smiling and saying, yeah, I deserve all this. But, you know, he's just like, yeah, we'll be good. <laughs> wink, wink. I know what happens. I'll be your champion. I don't know. I, I think the best thing is, like, to, to have him win it now if that's the route that you're going to go with. That was the original plan. But, I mean, they, they should have audibled it until, you know, a little bit later. And I'm not saying give Sammy the title, but give him that stage because, I mean, that was one of two or three things that people talked about all of 2022 was that yeah. maybe the last half of 2022 um, that kept people, you know, that would shit on the company. Like, oh, this is funny. This 10 minutes has been good, you know, and then getting, you know, maybe those eyes for the first, because they were only on the first and the last segments of each show. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that was story by, by rain. So, I mean, for, for them to be like, all right, let's see if we can, you know, keep these people, you know, it worked in some instances and it didn't, but I mean, I, I don't know. There, there could be a lot of things. I think one way you make a star out of Gunther is you give him Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I think that's you make a star. When in um uh oh who was I who was I just thinking of? Um uh, I had somebody in mind too that was like a perfect example of of uh I mean Logan Paul became a star in what, eight, nine months? Three <laughs> yeah, matches three three matches, yeah. Um the wrestling yeah, world but... wanted to shit on him. The sports world wanted to shit on him. Everyone's like Give me more. Why the hell did I forget who I was just trying to think of? I had a great example on the tongue, on the, the edge of my Sola tongue. Sola <laughs> I, well, I Your Sola thing is, is cool. I mean, I think oh, Heyman yeah. should be his mouthpiece now. I think if you do a Jimmy and Solo versus maybe Sammy and Jay, you know, type of a matchup where it's like, hey, you know how, like, Sammy was defending the titles, you know, that, that Freebird rule a few weeks ago. Uh, maybe do something like that if Steen's unavailable or, you know, maybe have Steen. I, I don't know. But I, I think maybe you do something like that. But if you keep Heyman with the bloodline, um, yeah, I think that's your next viable step in 23 is to have him and make Sosakoa kind of be that, you know, that number two, that general, if you will, not just the muscle put that general behind, you know, the yeah. the captain there. Yeah, that'll definitely help too. So there's there's just they have just so many opportunities and I'm just I'm just just watching him just it's been fun. I, like I mean I know you're like 
low-key shitting on it, but also you're you're happy with kind of what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm it not, didn't I, make I, me I a viewer. It. I mean, it didn't make me a viewer for the full year, but it made me like record and be like, all right, I'm gonna watch the Bloodline stuff. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm gonna watch it on YouTube, or I'm gonna do this and that. It, you know, it's the other more, shit. I'm shitting on them because I I just. It's so it's so bad to say that I have no confidence that they're going to pay this off. Yeah, that's my problem. We'll find out in two months. We'll find out at Montreal when I come back out for the elimination chamber. I like how these events are on Saturdays now. Mm-hmm. The PLE. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, so let's hope. I mean, like, like you, if you like somebody, somebody was like, well. I can't remember who brought it up, but they're like, well, tell me a better angle in, in WWE history that's better than this. And I was like, in history? Yeah, in history. In history? I said, I can tell you some of those in the last five years or however long was better. The, Steve, uh, uh, Owens and Jericho. Yeah. That was better than this. I cried more at that than the... Uh... Sammy Zayn thing. I'm not gonna lie, because because that the Jared the carnival or the the festival of friendship. In a way, you could sense it, but in a way, when it still happened, you're like, whoa! But and they 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 fucked up the payoff, <laughs> you know. So I get where you have that sense of like, shit. What are they gonna do? I mean, you don't have that as the second match at WrestleMania when it's been no. building your programming for all that time. You know, where it's just like that that should have been your main or your co main event that year. And that's one of the reasons why Jerry left. Help help that um well if you went to have stupid Goldberg win the title, you could have had it for the title. Because Owens was champ at that point. Owens was champ, yep, yep. Um, I think I think what works so well with it is well, yes, it was it went on the second or whatever at Mania. They paid it off so well with that camera angle as he lifted the, the Lifted the clipboard. Yep. And he's like, my name's on here. Bam! <laughs> oh, the list. You just, just made the list. Oh, I forgot about that gimmick. You just made the list. Oh. The Danielson thing? WrestleMania 30? Mm-hmm. Well, that was nine years ago now. Wow, that's weird. It was nine um, years ago. I mean, I know, I know, it was you know so long ago and in a way basic, but fucking Hogan Andre, when when Hogan ripped that cross off and it cut his chest and he threw it on him, mm-hmm. oh my god, I was I was bawling. Andre, you were two years old. Yeah, okay. I wanted Hogan, and then. And then or even they, when the mega powers exploded, come on, him and his wife, him and mm-hmm. Macho's wife. Mm-hmm. Like that was, that was wild. Like this, that's why I'm like, come on, when when Wade Keller of the Pro Wrestling Torch go, this is the best angle in pro wrestling. I'm like, oh my god. No. I mean, of, of a sure, that wasn't from the brawl out media scrum. Um. But yeah, and they eat for sure. But uh, not ever. I mean, it was the story that had more national attention in 2022 than than anything. That wasn't Vince McMahon leaving or screwing around or paying twenties of millions so, of dollars. Uh, my, 
my feud of the year, my top five feud of the year, I don't have it even in my top eight, the bloodline. You don't have Jey Uso, Sami Zayn? Nope. And I and I have a w, I have two WWE feuds on here, too, and neither of them are the bloodline. I got Cody Rollins. I got MJF Punk. I got Punk versus the Elite. And I got Vince in the E and then FTR in the Briscoe. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Sorry, like... WWE Board of Directors. <laughs> And lawsuits is what I have in my notes. Um, so that's that's kind of just was my feelings on that. Like it was really good. I was captivated. I watched the whole thing and enjoyed it. The pop was tremendous. You could never take that away from them. Yeah. But it's just it's just what I always say. I have to keep this company at arm's length because I don't want to be disappointed. I don't want to fall into it and then just get disappointed again. Yeah, man, you're turning 40 this year in, in a few months, so I mean, yeah. You only have a few more times to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> no. Speaking of disappointment, why don't we get to our 2022 year-end awards, and let's start on the worst end with disappointments, Alex. Oh, man. Um, so many. Uh, your take on the bloodlines. Uh, <laughs> that's my number five. <laughs> Uh, No, disappointment, Um, for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm going to start off with Paige Van Zandt not continuing wrestling. I thought she had a look. Now, I'm not the best wrestler, but, you know, depending on the training and and what she could have had, um, I think she could have been a little bit more viable, a little bit better than than Marina Shafir. Um, Yeah. um, That's that's a little Easter egg right there. But I think months of training, she could have been fantastic. Are, Are these in any kind of an order? No, no, no. Okay. What about you? Um, are we are we just running them down, or are we? Uh, yeah, if you want, because I I did a one through four, like I ranked everything. Okay, I mean I ranked stuff too, but just not on my my worst disappointment. Okay. There. Do you, did you want me to just fire off my list then? Yeah. Okay. So biggest disappointment, my honorable mention was still no cheering in Japan which it had gotten better, but still majority of 2020, there was none. It sucked. Uh, It hurt. But uh, number five, injuries almost ruining arguably the best wrestling show on U.S. soil. Yep, that's what I have, yep. Uh, Number four, All Japan once again can't do anything right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number three, Triple H should have been the guy to turn it around. And Ooh. He, you don't think it's still early, huh? No, I. If I was Triple H, I would have had ten years worth of material written down already. And here's the Maybe. difference too: huh? when everybody everybody thought Triple H was gonna was gonna do was gonna change his company, give me one inkling that said he's gonna change the company when he got his ass kicked by Tony Khan. He already yeah. lost. What makes you think he's gonna do anything different up than Raw? With with arguably worse people until he brought people back and things like that. So oh, I, I uh, number two, uh, Cody's correctly gets pushed in this company but gets injured. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. And my number one biggest disappointment was CM Punk. 
as somebody who was a, a knockdown drag out fan of this guy in three other companies that all didn't work out in uh, tape trading, watching his IW mid South and he got, he got kicked out of that watching his ROH stuff, which kind of fell apart going to WWE, having an amazing money in the bank, having an amazing title run. And then that just fell apart. And then he comes out in front of his boss and to acts like a lunatic to me on 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 a post conference while berating everybody, telling people that my door is wide open if you have a problem with it. So then people go to his door and then people get bit and concussed and he's just eating a muffin the whole time. It's really creepy looking. I just yeah, but he I, was blood. It was he was what? I said but it was in blood, so it was cool. It's just like, at some point, it's like, man, you got to figure out why everywhere you go, there's a problem. Because it can't always be everybody else. And it sucks because he's so, like, this isn't, he's going to be on my best of list a few times from last year, which is why it's my number one disappointment is because he should be, like, even even if you had to, Cycle him back to the trio titles with FTR. Fantastic. You mean to tell me we get Omega and the Bucks against FTR and Punk? Get the fuck out of here, Death Triangle. No offense to you guys, but we're going to see some of the they greatest shit anyone's ever seen. What's that? So they held those titles fantastically. They did. They did. Nothing against them, but if you were to switch them for FTR and Punk, my Lord, would those matches have been yeah. fantastic. Because we would have never seen them before. They're the first time ever. And, you know, it just, it it ended in a way it shouldn't have ended. And I think my biggest, my biggest frustration is he will never say he did anything wrong. When clearly he was at fault as much as. It's not at all the wrong though. It's not, it's not 100% his fault. No, but don't say my door is wide open and then when people come you start trying to do lawsuits and talking about they're kicking your door down when you told anyone to come walk in. Like, don't ask for it if you don't want it. If you really don't want it. Bro. Uh, number and it should, five and it should have never went there, I guess, either. Yeah. I'm surprised that those uh, vaginas actually uh, took his word. But who knows? Maybe we'll we'll never know what actually happened until 2024. Uh, like I said, Paige Van Zandt said, not continuing wrestling um, in AEW there. Uh Number four for me, NXT 2.0. Just got awful. Like, how do you (laughs) have a staple essentially becoming ROH, you know, from from 2014 to about 2021? uh, And then, you know, the tail end of that and then 2022 just just being god awful. Uh, but I will say though, uh, Toxic Attraction and uh, and Nikita Lions were definitely some some high points. And uh, uh, Carmelo uh, Hayes because that guy's tight. Yeah. and then uh, Forbidden Door, mishaps, injuries, you know, just imagine the super card that we could have had, oh. uh, you know, where we were like, should we be going to this event? So, like, Okada showing up three days later and be like, all right, we'll, we'll be fine. Uh, but also, Adam <laughs> that being concussed for about six months, you know, kind of after that there. But uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more Forbidden Door there. Uh, number two, Royal Rumble, uh, Men's Royal Rumble 2022. Uh, just oh, got God. awful. That was just a, a horrific event. I cannot <laughs> wait to hear more of the stories. 
about behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, and Brock Lesnar just like, here we go, we're going to win it. Uh, another WrestleMania uh, matchup there, but uh, one of the worst rumbles, I would say, that, that I remember witnessing. And uh, number one, CM Punk uh, and his injuries that, that you know, just kind of yeah. halted a lot of the momentum, uh, you know, from the beginning to, of course, uh, who knows, you know, kind of with, with all out in that title match there, uh, you know, getting injured there. If, you know, the frustration of like, well, you know, I'm hurt. I might as well let everything all out until, you know, whatever. I have a contract. But, you know, of course, those can always be unsealed. But those are my disappointments of 2022. <laughs> good, good, good calls. Good takes on those. Very good takes on those. Um, worst angle or moment doesn't matter. Uh, there was a few of them. Uh, number five. Akira Tozawa and Tamina, along with Reggie and Dana Brooke, having a double wedding on Monday Night Raw. Only two then <laughs> Tamina and Brooke went with each other. Tozawa and Reggie didn't want to go with each other. I, I, I can't. Anyway. Uh, number four, Owens and Zayn talking in Survivor Series while A. Uso, because I don't remember which one it was, is wide-eyed and watching and staring at them in Kevin Owens' vision. That was pretty rough. Number three, Shane McMahon in the Royal Rumble. Um, I I never thought I would ever say that somebody was too much for these guys but number two, Drunk Hardy was too much for even the Young Bucks (laughs) not even the Young Bucks could bring Drunk Hardy through a wrestling match oh Um, my gosh (laughs) and number one, KG Muto's disrespect to Kaito Kiyomiya after losing at No Destination where he just dipped out the ring yep, and Kiyomiya's like, no, you need to get back yeah Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I'm going to alter my number five. I'm going to put, yeah, Muto being a dick. Because uh, he always <laughs> is. Uh, my number four, uh, Vince McMahon coming out and wrestling Pat McAfee at WrestleMania after McAfee beating Austin Theory. <laughs> um, just one of the worst moments. And then he's taking, again, it, it makes sense because, you know, him taking his first stunner was one of the worst things ever. And then this, this last stunner that Vince took at, at a WrestleMania ring uh, might have been, I'd rather, I, I rather watch him blow out both his quads again than, than see that, that stunner recap. <laughs> uh, number three, uh, after Sasha Banks and Naomi walking out due to, you know, physical reasons um, and saying, hey, we want to be a little bit more respectful. We want a little bit more of this. Uh, then on commentary, blasting them on, on national television. I didn't think that was very nice, very cool, uh, you know, for, for them to do that. But, of course, they were being fed that stuff there. Uh, number two, speaking of calling out, Hangman Page uh, going off script, uh, calling out CM Punk, uh, you know, kind of doing some, some madcap shit there, which kind of started this whole uh, CM Punk elite, you know, kind of brouhaha, uh, kayfabe or non uh, shoot or or work uh, definitely started this whole rigmarole that uh, means we hit no longer have CM Punk in uh, AEW and or wrestling. And number one, Shane McMahon being, you know, of course, uh, fucking Rocky Balboa, uh, you know, uh, Apollo, let's say Apollo Crews, uh, Apollo Creed, uh, you know, thinking he could take on anybody and everybody. But unfortunately, the cocaine is the thing that got to him the most and, and the quickest there. But, uh, yeah, Shane McMahon, the Royal Rumble, behind the scenes in the ring, outside of the ring, and then getting properly fired by his own father. 
Um, a lot of McMahons leaving the company in 2022 uh, definitely caps off my list. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, worst feud of the year. Uh, number five, uh, we're going back to something you talked about earlier. Uh, Core Jade and Roxanne Perez in NXT 2.0. Um, they just started <laughs> fighting, and I didn't even know they were friends, and then they were friends, and then they didn't want to be friends, and they started fighting, and it was didn't make any sense, and they just threw things. At, anyway, uh, number four, partially because I'm such a mark for, for uh, one of these guys, but this feud – started and ended and started and ended and got longer and then it involved hit row and then it did involve them and then it got longer and kept going and then finally it just stopped because somebody got brought up to the main roster so I don't even think it ever concluded or yeah no it never did uh but Legato del Fantasma versus the D'Angelo family <laughs> I remember. um number three the Miz and Dexter Loomis oh uh, number two, Keiji Muto and Kaito Kiyomiya. And number huh. one, Ronda Rousey versus wrestling. Shut up. <laughs> uh, the only one I have is um, that differs with that Madcap Moss and Drew McIntyre bullshit with, with oh, Happy yeah. Corbin. Those are bad, <laughs> but I had Miz and Dexter Loomis. I had House of Torture versus anyone. Oh, yeah. Um, I had Ronda versus anyone because she didn't care. Uh, <laughs> like, at all. Like, they're like, she's in the Rumble. She's going to Mania. Having one of the worst matches with Charlotte. And then all of a sudden, you know, she just doesn't care as champion. And it showed, uh, even on the mic from the ring work, um, Liv Morgan, Shotzi Blackstar, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, but, yeah, that uh, Marine, Marina Shafir uh, versus a microphone. Mm. You don't know one. me. You don't know me. You know me. Yeah, she's <laughs> fucking blowing, man. I remember yeah. when she cut that promo, and I immediately said this to you guys. I was like, everybody needs to watch this right now. And she's wearing that like flower hat too, the, hat. Like, the Huckleberry Finn hat. Oh God! Uh, just a couple categories left here. Uh, we have a worst match, Alex. I have uh, one, two, three. I have four honorable mentions on top of my five uh, worst Ooh. matches. Uh, honorable know. mentions: uh, almost versus Commander Aziz from Monday Night Raw. <laughs> um, Carl Anderson versus Hikuleo from the World Tag League Finals. Damn. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Evil from Wrestle Kingdom Night One. I can't believe I have Ishii on this list. And yeah. Marina Shafir versus Sky Blue from the April 13th Dynamite. Yeah, that's uh, pretty my- bad. My number five from Impact on Access TV from January 21st of last year. Uh, the Inspiration versus Caleb with a K and Madison Rain. Number four, the Men's Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah. uh, number th- number three, War Games, the women's edition. 
Wait, which one? Uh, the women's? Yeah, the women's edition. It's because War you're games. sexist? Uh, no, because I like my wrestlers to do things instead of just hitting each other yeah. with things and waiting. Oh, is so it my turn? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to run now. Uh, number two, uh, from the same pay-per-view, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi Blackheart. Nice. And number one, Pat McAfee and Vincent Mann from Mania Night 2. <laughs> <laughs> when he kicked him with a Dallas Cowboys ball for the finish. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got it. And he he got a pin. Like, whatever. Oh. Uh, my number five, the Men's Royal Rumble 2022. Uh, yeah. God, that, it's going to go in Laura's probably. Do you think that's probably worse than the first ever Rumble? Mm-hmm. Just wanted to make oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, Ronda yeah. Rousey, Liv Morgan in that Extreme Ooh, yep. Rules debacle where Liv Morgan almost got murdered. Uh, Marina Shafir versus anyone because, again, my God, it is horrific. Uh, number two, Shotzi Blackheart and Rousey were, again, Shotzi Blackheart almost got murdered. Um, by Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series. Um, and Baron Corbin and Pat McAfee at SummerSlam uh, in Tennessee just because it was god-awful. And it was a match I was looking forward to when I realized during the promo they were like, and they were both on the same football team. I was like, oh, that's really cool. And then it happened. And I was like, never again. Yeah, he left NXT and I was like, yeah, then he just like sucks. Um, and then our last worst category, worst wrestler of the year. I, of course, have a honorable mention because I can never do a list correctly. I have to add too much shit. Uh, but my honorable mention goes to scripts. <laughs> Reggie? Uh, yes. Yeah, so does or just scripts? Uh, just scripts. He's wearing that, like, over <laughs> over huge mask thing. Yeah, scripts. Uh, I don't know much. Number five is Shanky. Oh. Uh, Fucking terrible. Uh, Number four, Kendo Caution. (laughs) So you said he had one good spot this year. You were surprised. Uh, I can't remember. Doesn't matter. He's on my list now. (laughs) Uh, Number three, KG Muto. Ooh. Uh, number two, we're going to stick to the same group, uh, Nosawa Rongai. And number one, the only one that was worse enough to break the spell of Cash and Muda Rongai is, uh, uh, um, <laughs> I was trying to think of the damn song. Cash and Muda Rongai. That's just a cool-ass name for anything. <laughs> uh, I, I remember how the song goes, I don't give a damn Something uh, Ronda Rousey's number one. Oh, it's fucking so. dog shit. <laughs> number five. I don't know if they wrestle, but just their promo work alone. Yeah, it's a tandem. Uh, the maximum maximum models. Oh, uh, Mansoir and uh, Massey. Massey. Uh, <laughs> they're tight. <laughs> they're uh, so Dominic funny. Mysterio. Yeah. Four. Yeah, I just said I'm so many times. I'm surprised it wasn't called the Dominic Mysterio Award by him. I mean, like, I was like, look, I could beat this guy up so much, and I was like, no, I'd rather I'd rather shit on Shanky and Kendo Caution this year. Number three, Marina Shafir. No <laughs> yes. upside like Jay Cargill. That's the thing. Like, Jay had had that infamous first promo back and forth uh, with, with uh, former 
Chief Brandy Officer Brandy Rhodes. Uh, but it's just it picked up lore, like kind of like Marina Shafir's. But at least Jade had a character. Marina Shafir, well, you think when you're married to like a really great wrestler, you pick up something, but apparently so. not. Uh, number two, Ronda Rousey, just because she doesn't give a shit, like the wrestling world. And, you know, I get it. Maybe she got sour because she realized, you know, the marks are, are true heels in the history of the world. Uh, but it's just like, I don't know. I, I would be happy not to see her again. And that's all I'll say. Yeah. Uh, and my number one worst wrestler of the year was only in a match for, I don't know, 15 minutes. But, man, he was like, I'm going to. Hey, hey, guess what? I'm I'm going to produce this match, and I'm going to ride it, and then you, I might win it. Nope. Okay, well, I'm going to throw out a whole bunch of people in this Rumble, okay, because I'm going to be, you know, red and sweaty in four minutes. Yes. And then get promptly fired by my father, whose company this was supposed to be, left to me 20-odd years ago. Yes, unfortunately, the money is no longer coming. We'll always love you. But Shane McMahon, my worst wrestler of the year. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, let's move on to then the best of uh, awards. Now, uh, Angle, I only had three on here because I couldn't think of any good angles for whatever reason. I Because <laughs> there, there really isn't anything. So um, my number three was the Regal turn with MJF. Okay. My number two was the Sami Zayn bloodline turn. Um, like the, the thing with Owens is I think is what I was getting at at Survivor Series. Yep. And then my number one was when Ishinahashi turned on M3K and went with Gold Class. Wow. When he didn't want to be there anyway, but his dad's like, please take my son. And he's like, you got to, you got to pay for the glasses and the kick kickboard and, and he, he never wanted to tag with Masaki, Masa, uh, Mochizuki Jr. He hated him. You know, they're, they're going to be generation rivals, I think, for the next 10 years. It's going to fucking rule. But he turned, went to gold class, and he immediately looked like he had been a, a 10-year pro when he got in that gold and went heel, and everything just made sense. And he was just just incredible to close out that year. They won the trios titles at, at that one point, I believe. Uh, not, or not gold class, Zebrats, excuse me. Zebrats, um, yep. They won the they won the uh, triangle gate. Like he just just a hell of a way to end twenty twenty two for that kid. And he was in a weird spot where his brother retired and didn't want to do it anymore, so they didn't know what to do with them. Like he just he made he took a, a negative and made it into a positive. So true. Uh, my number it's weird. I, I had three slash four. Um, but I don't know what this one meant. I wrote, no one wants punk. Which I'm like, I, I'm looking back, I'm like, God, this was weeks ago I wrote this. But what the hell did it, that even probably mean? probably like how uh, Eddie Kingston and all, and, and all of them were talking oh, about. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How, like, yeah. Everyone was just, like, shitting on him. Like, you no one wants you. And then he was just like, you know what? I'm going to win the title and then give it up because I'm going to get hurt. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, no, let's go. The angle of the year is uh, for that Muppet shop during the all-out scrum. Uh, that'll be my number three. Uh, number two, the Forbidden Door event, the week leading up to it, where, like, the angle of Okada, and then we're going to run this match, and then we're going to have Zack Sabre Jr. take on, you know, a mystery opponent, which everyone was like, could it be Cesaro, a.k.a. Claudio, which ended up being that. 
Um, and then, uh, you know, of course, Sami Zayn wanting into the bloodline, getting the respect from Jey Uso, who did not want him to be there. The the facials and everything during that that whole thing where he was just getting annoyed by everything Sami Zayn was saying to lead into that was was just the littlest things, and I thought they nailed that perfectly. Uh, kind of in that first couple of months leading into it. Because, again, everyone thought it would be over within a couple of weeks. And then when you see them breaking and you're seeing the memes and you're seeing the clips, you're like, okay, they got something here. And it definitely was one of the best, if not the best angles in all of wrestling in 2022. And I always worked out, too, when uh, when him and Jimmy would do the hand thing, the jail handshake. (laughs) And, like, Jay was just like, get away from me, like, it was when him and Jay did it, you're like, that was almost as big of a pop than when he slashed or smashed uh, Roman Reigns with the chair. Like, everything they did was this. good. Like, it was good. Like, it wasn't bad, but it just... Could you imagine... Okay. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you not necessarily how this would be a better angle, but how, how mm-hmm. I think it would feel better to watch. When we're watching... Roman sitting in the in the the back, and he's sitting yeah. in his recliner with his hands in his his head in his hands, and he's rocking and and Paul Heyman's holding the titles, and he's like, "What can I do for you, my tribal chief?" And he's like, "Wise man, call Sami Zayn." You know, it's just all that stuff is so fucking hokey. Yeah. But like the good stuff when Sami Zayn's trying to make, but they're trying to make him the boss. They're trying to make him that. I get yakuza, that. Like do all that, you know. You know, you want to see a good yakuza? You watch Tokyo Vice. He's not a he's not a yakuza <laughs> boss. Of a bitch. I, was, I thought <laughs> this, you were going to say Masahiro Chono. I thought that's where you were going with that. Yeah, I still watch Chono. Chono would be on there, he's screaming at people and shit. Like he, he's terrified. <laughs> I'm not terrified of him. Like it, it's like I said, where you know I feel like Kevin Owens could run and he could pull down a screen in front of the door mm-hmm. and run through it, and then everyone else is going to get confused, and then they're going to run and hit the tunnel and they can't get through it. But somehow Owens did. Like yeah. that's the slap. Like, but like when when Zayn's trying to get them all to laugh, like him and Solo is hilarious. That stuff is great. Yeah. Could you imagine if they had the freedom? that these guys have an AEW with this angle, how much better it could be. I just, I feel like it would be, there'd be so much more seriousness to it. I think Mm -hmm. some of the, like the really impactful things they would have made more impactful. And that's just because you watch how great punk and MJF was. You watch how great Jericho and, you know, and, ROH was, you know, you see the the Danielson Moxley Wheeler Yuta turmoil in the in the the BCC, you know, everything Ricky fucking Starks touches, you know, it just all these angles feel more real. And if you could take something as great as this this bloodline thing has been and as fun as it's been, and just be able to inject that sort of realism to it. Right now, mm-hmm. you, now, now you got me talking Alzheimer. Now you got me on board. But I just I can't take it seriously when I see. Oh, 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 what can I do for you, my tribal chief? Yeah, this game is a little, little. Diff- 
friends. But I like the different variations of Heyman from when he was, you know, the, you know, the beast in Carmen's mouthpiece, because we know Lesnar can't talk, to when CM Punk was champ and we knew Punk can talk, so Heyman just held up the title. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, here's the, here's the champion of all champions. Here's the best in the world. To, you know, of course, you know, kind of with the Reigns thing where he's like, I've known your family 40 years. I will be your consigliere, or however you pronounce that. Um, I will be that for you behind the scenes and get all your shit done for you and make sure you have to do nothing except win in the ring. So I, I guess... Go ahead, sorry. No, 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 go ahead, go ahead. I, I guess where I'm going after the you know you say it that way and me thinking about this, you know what's the worst part about this whole angle for me? Is Roman Reigns. Well, I mean, hasn't that always been the issue with any of his iterations? No, because like when he's when he's when he's talking like I'm gonna whip your ass and like I'll, like I'm like I believe that dude's gonna beat your ass. Give me that. Don't give me this. Mm, wise man, how do I fix this? Pretend <laughs> you like Sammy and let Sammy. Think that he's back in there and see what happens when he gets another chance, my good tribal chief. Mm. I will believe you this time. Wise man, call Sammy Zane. He picks up his phone. He's like, one, one second, tribal chief. And then he hits the phone, call Sammy Zane. And then it, <laughs> then it goes to a commercial as Roman's rocking again. It's like, Get this high school drama club shit out of here. Give me the intensity. The intensity on on Saturday was good. I didn't turn away. I was like, okay, what's going to happen? I'm sure he's going to do the shield cell when he gets hit with a chair, which I hope happens, and it did. But if he doesn't, maybe something different happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. It's going to be Zane at the next pay per view. So how do you do it? Oh, I didn't expect Jay Jay to walk out. I believe Jay was really torn and frustrated. That stuff's yeah. good. That was but good. then when you yep. when you get the other shit, it's just like, how can you just how can you not hit it on all cylinders? Who's who in the room is fucking this up where you can't hit it on all cylinders? That's my problem. How how can you only do too many like, hands? Yeah, in the kitchen. yeah, exactly. And I think that's the one thing where, which which helps the other side is it's okay. Here's your guys in the angle and, and Tony Khan, like he said, it's just me doing this now. Didn't work. What sucks I, is I, just imagine if Pat Patterson was still around, like in his heyday, like what he could have done to craft that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's perfect. <laughs> it's, it's it's exactly what it is. You know, it's you're 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 so right. When 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 AEW had too many hands in the cookie jar, we got that fucking episode that had um, uh, Awesome Kong almost killing Hikaru Shida or whoever when she did the die or Riho when she had that knife in her hand to cut her hair off when they had the witch group, and then there was the thousands of um, Dark Order people rolling around the ring, not even punching people when they were missing the. It was it was the worst. Ep- oh my god, it was as bad as a fucking Raw. Yeah. And thankfully, he was like, no more. That's it. You guys aren't booking anymore. Suggestions are welcome. You get me talents. I'll take care of the rest of it. And that was the best thing that, that he ever did as an owner. You know? Wow. And, and that's that's what I wish, like, 
we could get more of. Now, now, mind you, that again, there's like one or two people booking NXT, and Michael Hickenbottom's vision of wrestling isn't very, very good either. So I guess maybe it just runs with the faction. I don't know. Because, man, I, Shawn Michaels is one of the goats, in my opinion, one of my favorites of all time. But I, I would never let that man book my territory. Holy shit. <laughs> Um, also, shout out to the angle, as you just reminded me. Chris Jericho is Ring of Honor champion. Yeah. Um, it was really, really good because, A, the Ocho. Uh, hell, I'm going to even say it for angle, uh, Chris Jericho as the wizard. Uh, I, oh, I don't yeah. think I would laugh as much. He's like, the wizard! And then shit would just explode or fireball. Well, think of this. They, he threw oh, a fireball. Jericho. And they go, they go, what the hell? How did she do that? He goes, what do you mean how did I can do that? I'm a wizard. And then he just, and then he just rolled with it. He, he, he didn't hesitate. He's like, what do you mean you're confused? No. Oh, I did that. I'm a wizard. I'm a wizard. And they're all like, what? And they, he is the wizard. And he comes out. Like, that sure was too funny. But then again, that's <laughs> where you're in a, that's where oh, you're in a God, situation where you're able, where you know what works and you're allowed to do it. Yeah. And I think that's my biggest, when I look back at the Triple H and my disappointment thing, isn't just because he literally looks like he just picked up Vince's notebook and just kept going out of it. But I thought if anybody was going to give people free reign to do things, now mind you, Cody Rhodes seems like he's getting able to do what he wants and it's, it's why his shit's over. But I figured, if anything, Triple H would have gave more freedom back. It just doesn't seem like it. Maybe they reset after Mania. I don't know. There's so much opportunity that this company could be doing. They're not. But I digress. Let's stick to positives. Um, Yes. Top five heels of 2022. Alex, my number five was Jay White. Ooh. Number four was Gunther. Oh. Number three, Stokely Hathaway, even though it was 2023 when he did it. But when he looked at Daniel or Brian Danielson, he was like, <laughs> oh, my. he goes, you raggedy bitch. What are you talking yeah. shit to him? <laughs> uh, number two, Starlight Kid. Oh, good call. And uh, number number one, the assault of the earth himself, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF. You can't, Fucking Mark. You can't make a – you can't prototype a better heel. No, no. God, he's so This is the gimmick. Uh, my number five, the Ocho, the wizard himself. Chris yeah. Uh, taking on Ring of Honor, taking on AEW. <laughs> Uh, again, fireballs in people's faces. Him coming out. What do you mean, a wizard? Like a boy band with a Jericho Appreciation Society. Oh God, they're so good. Beautiful, it's beautiful work. Uh, my number four, uh, the Elite and the Hangman Page. It's more of a personal thing. True heels of AEW uh, because they're a little bunch of whiny bitches that just went, oh my God. Uh, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, but I'm not. Uh, my number. My number three, uh, to go along with that, uh, CM Punk, uh, just because in, in real, if you look back at some of the promos and some of the matches, he did do some heel-ass shit, a la Hogan in the late 80s and early 90s. Uh, but, of course, the infamous brawl-out press conference, 
Yeah, you could shit on, you know, your boss, your company, your coworkers, blah, blah, blah. But when your boss is right there, shut that shit down. So he was probably like, hey, I'm bulletproof. I'm untouchable. Uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. Uh, number two, Vincent Kennedy McMahon, uh, not only a heel to start off 2022 by firing his own son, making his daughter leave, and then, you know, saying, hey, son-in-law, who was going to be the rightful heir to this company, I'm going to take what you did and, and just squash all over it. Granted, that was in 2021 as well, but, you know, just continue to do that shit. Um, but, of course, you know, the affairs and the allegations and the paralegal, the pay it off, the company turmoil, um, and then him just not giving a shit, and then him coming back right at the end of the year just to, be, uh, you know, uh, belittle William Regal. Don't but my number one, of course, when you can say, when you can say, when you can call your boss a fucking Mark on TV, <laughs> but yet CM Punk says, man, this company is just run by a bunch of asshole kids, but yet MJF's still there holding up the company, you know, whether it's shoot or, or a work, you know, he got that, that more money, he no show to press uh, uh, a signing. I mean, that's his heel as you can get. And then, oh, yeah, winning that bullshit ladder match and that mask and then, you know, not really, you know, making it not really matter um, after all. Uh, but, yeah, MJF uh, cutting some of the best promos, going so far as to making you feel for him after talking about his childhood growing up, you know, Jewish and, and everything and how he looked up to punk and wrestling and that was his way out. Um, and then to shit all over that. <laughs> You know, and then just being doing what he does best. I mean, if you had a a bright a Bobby Heenan, a Paul Heyman, and a Ric Flair, Mike Gods, they all three of them are intertwined into one MJS. He had like arguably the best face turn ever, and he stayed heel the whole time. Yeah, like. And he was so good at selling it, like, when he, he didn't want to come help Moxley, and then he said, fuck it, he came and helped him, like, oh, my God, he is just, just, he gets it, man, and he's going to have a long career because he understands how to do it. Like, he, he understands, yeah. he just gets it, man. And that's the one thing I'll always say, too, like, anything in a wrestling ring with a microphone, I will, as crazy as anything may ever sound, I will never believe that. I, I just—it's hard for me to ever believe that any of that is is a shoot that hasn't been yeah. cleared or talked to. I just feel like every like what he there's no way he went out there and didn't tell Tony Khan, "Hey, I'm going to call you a fucking Mark," or Tony Khan told him, "Go out there and say whatever you want. I don't care." Like you don't just get a, a free mic like that. No, but. It, man, if he if they told him to take shots, I I will never forget what that was as that was as crazy to me is when Matt Hardy jumped the guardrail and got speared by uh, the security on Raw, and he's like he's like I'm going to ROH, I'm fighting Chris Daniels, and he's screaming that as he's getting taken out of the building during an edge match. I'll never forget that shit. I don't remember that at all. That's yeah, when when um when he remember when they fired uh, Hardy and uh, during the Edge Lita thing, uh huh, and then oh, that. 
when they brought him back for that SummerSlam match, he jumps the guardrail to like get people to re- like recognize him, and then he gets taken out. And they're like, "That's Matt Hardy. What is he doing here? He's not our. He's not part of our, you know, our company or whatever." And <laughs> for whatever reason, when he does it, he's like, "I'm going to Ireland," and then he's like getting pushed. And he's like, ah, he goes, "I'm wrestling Christopher Daniels." Wow. You'd ever hear, but anyway. Uh, top babyface, Alex, my top five at number five, MLW's over a year long standing heavyweight champion, Alexander Hammerstone. Rocking and rolling okay. his way to number five. Is that what you're going to look like uh, when I see you at Chamber? Hopefully. That'd be fucking Damn. tight. Uh, or should we say your birthday? I'd have a better shot on my birthday. <laughs> but I don't know, man. Maybe I can go get some of the that Rick Rudroid and, and shoot it in my ass and see what happens. Yeah, yeah we don't want uh, that. Number four. <laughs> uh, number four. Stroke Daddy himself, Mr. Ricky Starks. Nice. Uh, number three. Scissor me, Alex, because I had to go with the acclaimed of a hell of a year. Uh, number two, uh, I might have put him at one. I don't know, but he only had a half a year. But it was a hell of a half a year, but I put Cody Rhodes. Oh, nice. And number one, this guy, all he wanted to do was take a vacation, and he kept getting pulled back, and he made it better every single time he did, which makes him an MVP. John fucking Moxley. Oh. You're insane, man. John! My number five, he started off as being booed, fire, and then oh, God, the great entrance at WrestleMania. And then, like you said, wrestled for like four months. And then was gone for like half the year. But but Cody Rhodes, uh, my number five. <laughs> my number f- my number four, um, the acclaimed. I mean, oh yeah. Who who the hell can get away with scissor me daddy ass? I mean, they were already homegrown talent. But when that is in the fucking lexicon, when I can wear a pink shirt that says scissor me daddy ass in public, <laughs> the best thing in the world. That's as baby face as you can get, man. Um, uh, my, my, my number three, John Moxley. I mean, the guy's over like Grover, as they say. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, if you put on banger after banger, I mean, Moxley is as much as people can shit on him. I, I think he is the prototype of your modern wrestler, where he can kind of do every style. Hell, the guy has done every style from the grimy underground world of CZW, uh, you know, kind of going the international route with some Dragon Gate USA shit, uh, you know, to, of course, you know, going to, to uh, FCW, then to NXT, to then, of course, you know, the big stage, you know, being in, in big matches, big feuds, holding championships in the WWE, to then becoming a focal point to the launch of a new company of all elite wrestling and still getting that pop, uh, no matter what version of wild thing that he will get Tony Khan to per, uh, purchase for him. Uh, it will work. You know, I, I think people are over the, 
the fire, uh, we won't give it into that fireworks debacle <laughs> with that Omega from 2021, but uh, but definitely, you know, I, Moxley definitely is is that bulletproof, you know, type of wrestler. Uh, when he goes heel, which you know definitely looks like it's you know kind of going around because he's probably waiting to get on that vacation. Uh, you know, that, that's definitely something there. But uh, my number two, CM Punk. Um, you know, the the craziness aside, that guy was getting pops amongst pops, ratings mm-hmm. upon ratings. Um, and, and matches upon matches. Him, them and FTR alone just made me pop for a baby face. Uh, but my number one, uh, Sami Zayn, uh, because he's a baby face that's making your heels break character. Uh, he's getting major cheers. He went by putting over the jackass dudes at WrestleMania. Like, he was doing it to start off the year to then becoming one of the hottest merchandise movers of 2022. Like, that's nuts. Like, I've seen a handful of generical matches. You know, I, I, you know, one of my favorite matches of all time, the shit on me all you want, internet, uh, but that, that NXT takeover in Dallas where it was Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn, um, you know, I always knew he was a worker. I always knew, you know, he was that, that good hand, if you will. Uh, but this was the year where you were like, okay, you can captivate, a whole nation of wrestling fans, uh, worldwide, I should say, not even national, but just a worldwide wrestling fans, and that being one of the biggest things. Uh, feeling oozy became a phrase. Um, but yeah, same thing. My number one baby face of 2022. You, you know, I was just I was looking at something too because I I was like, oh, I forgot we um, we dumped a moment because it was just so no different than angle, which we could even fill out angle. But I thought of one that would have been a moment wise too. That was, it was expected. And then was like completely mind blowing to me because part of the reason why I feel like people pick sides is just because of their, the hometown bias with them. But do you remember when they had that, like the second match in the best of seven and it was in Chicago and the crowd's yep. chanting, fuck the elite, fuck the elite. And then when they yep. stopped, there was, like, the crowd started chanting, fuck CM Punk. And then I, was, I couldn't believe like, that. Huh? Ooh, yeah. I couldn't believe that the crowd, like, and the, that to me says that those, because I feel like somebody somebody once tweeted, and, I, and I'm not saying everybody's this way, but, like, somebody, somebody was tweeting, Las Vegas Fight Shop tweeted something about, um, something about like defending punk or something. I can't remember the exact context, so, you know, whatever. I'm not going to quote it. But the the first response was um, because Chicago fans will not, will, basically will turn a blind eye to this guy who's a piece of shit because he's their hometown guy. And yeah. I can see that with a lot of different angles and sports in general. And, you know, not even just wrestling, but just as an example, so when the crowd shit on both sides, I couldn't. I I was not expecting that for a million years. Yeah, because I thought of yeah, was, one fan turned. base. What's that? Uh-huh. So I said it was crazy how the tide turned for his character, uh, or as a person, just because of all the you know people knew of the turmoils and everything there you know over the years. But man, it was it was pretty intense to kind of watch that shit just unfold on the and internet feel- and said in Chicago with, with the vocalization of the fans. And I feel like those are the people who are kind of in my spot where 
I'm more mad because I'm mad of how much I'm a fan of this guy, and I, that's going to be his end. Like, that's how he's going to be remembered now. And it yeah. pisses me off because he should be remembered for the, the you know, Punk Joe 1, 2, and 3. Or I, I don't he, I don't know if he'll – I don't know. I, I have way more other shit that I'll remember Punk more so than than this. Agreed, agreed. And I, and I, I do too. But like, I know what I, you mean. I, I know what you mean. And it's frustrating because the people who don't know, like, like I will put his his sloppy fucking almost backyard shit in IW Mid South with Chris Hero against any yeah. fucking ladder match that these fuckers put on on Raw every week that they want to do. Like that shit when those dudes were like twenty years old was tremendous. It was sloppy as hell, but it's it looked real. You know, it was great. His shit with with Aries. And ROH was fantastic. Him and James Gibson, his stuff with Joe, uh, the Second City State stuff with Cabana. You you go into the, the you know the WWE shit and you know even his original ECW stuff with with Elijah Burke I enjoyed. Mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah, yeah, very true. I and then the the MGF stuff was great. The Darby stuff was great. You know. The, it's just like all this stuff was so good, and then this is this is how it ends. <laughs> and it's just like motherfucker, man. That's and that's what led me to the if we could have had FTR and Punk against the Elites. I mean, you're you're now going. Well, what are we? How is anyone going to compete with Omega and Osprey? Well, let's put these six guys in there. You know, because then <laughs> Punk, Punk doesn't even have to do much with his body, but he can nail all the right shit that he needs to to make the match yeah. that much better while giving his opinion on making the match, which you already know he wants to have a great match. Everybody in the elite want to have the best match of their lives every time. I mean, they could be wrestling a fucking broom and they're going, oh, we got to have a six-star match from Elzer. And FGR always wanted to be the best. So like your mm-hmm. mindset with the talent, oh my god, it would have been, and it just never happened. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, Punk, behind everyone's back that we don't know about, has already called Kenny in the box and said, "Look, I'm just going to be the man, the bigger man here, and say I fucked up. I should have never, I should have went to you guys off camera and discussed discussed my uh, with my frustrations." And we should have been, and we could have put it aside business wise. So let's fucking make some money out of this. And if and they're, they're smart, they would all say agree. Exactly. Especially with everything and, that happened with Jared as well. Mm-hmm. I think hopefully that might be able to mend some stuff. And and like somebody asked Kenny about it, and Kenny Kenny didn't didn't say yes or no, but he's like, I'm never against doing business, and just he goes, I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't want to talk about it. So like yeah. it already sounds like you know Omega would already play ball. Yeah. I I'm just like you know like God could you imagine how oh it'd be so good dude oh, it'd be so good. But that's beside the point. That's me. That's me fantasy booking. <laughs> um, <laughs> feud of the year. I have three. Should, we, should, we, should we save the feud? Should we move that more to like the top? 
five. Yeah, if you'd rather. Yeah, so right now, so we have... Just because there's so many really good feuds, but I don't know. I don't want to, like, blow it out of proportion either. Well, let's, let's look at it this way. Obviously, men's, women's, tag team and match of the year, I, I have as the big four. Yep. Do you think show of the year should be number five or feud? We could do either one of those. Honestly, you would probably have more on show. I mean, like, you probably have ten where... I was just trying to think of like what Dragon Gate shit that I you know like which All I right, want. We're doing live. it this way. We're doing it live. We are going to put Feud of the Year at number number five. Okay, perfect. We're bumping everything down. So promotion. we are going to jump into yep best promotion of the year. So I uh, let me let me go now because this is your wheelhouse. Okay. So the you know the the, the next events I, I appreciate it, but you know th- this is. We'll go with my promotions. I'll run down what I thoroughly enjoyed for 2022, which I did watch more than the normal, but it still feels like less, just probably because of the lack of DDT in, in All Japan for me. Maybe I watched, like, two All Japan events. Maybe I watched, like, three DDTs. I love me some Mao. I miss me some Mao, but <laughs> I think I watched more Gleets uh, on YouTube Ooh, than, than on. them. Ashita and Lindemann from the 8th. Oh. Wait, they they fight they fought again or is that the yeah, one they I had watched? a rematch? Uh, oh, did? And also, oh, yep. Did boy it, win? It, it, uh, do you want to know? I mean, I'm gonna watch it if it's on YouTube. Uh, it is on this YouTube. Shit, because that first match, I, I was even surprised. I like put it on one night. I was like, hell yeah, I'm gonna watch Kaito Ishida versus uh, <laughs> L. Lindemann with his swoleness and his tan and his beautiful blonde hair. Yeah, this this match is better than that one. I will definitely oh do that. Oh, my God. Okay. And um, also, from uh, All, All Japan ran a show on the 22nd. Um, Five-star five star match, probably the number two match of the year behind, uh, obviously, the Wrestle Kingdom match. Uh, but it was uh, Kenta Miyahara and Takuya Nomura defending the tag titles against Naoya Nomura and Yuma Aoyagi. It wow. fucks so hard. I can't explain it, but I did that. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have to watch that. Uh, my honorable mention for best promotion, Ring of Honor. Uh, hey. Three shows, I want to say. Um, but three fantastic shows from top to bottom. Okay, fantastic is leaning a little forward, but what these shows used to be to what they could have been with, you know, of course, uh, Ring of Honor kind of being in flux and then Tony Khan, you know, buying them out and, you know, buying the library and, you know, hopefully we'll do some good. Uh, you know, kind of later on here uh, as 2023 rolls around here. I mean, I already had, I mean, she's, anyways. Um, but yeah, Ring of mm-hmm. Honor, uh, my, my honorable mention. And plus, let's be real, they were showcased on AEW television kind of throughout uh, ever since the purchase, um, you know, pre-WrestleMania weekend all the way until, I'd say, mid-December. And they were like, AEW and Ring of Honor are going to be a little bit separate. Uh, you know, minus your Samoa Joes and, and maybe your Dalton Castles every now and then. But uh, the balance, I thought, was a little there. You know, that I think that's probably what the YouTube stuff should definitely be for, uh, you know, kind of until they get that TV deal. Uh, but my number five, uh, Noah. I mean, Tokiya Mia. I mean, he's he's – I used to sleep on his matches. In fact, Ryan – I felt on two of his matches here. Uh, even <laughs> one with Cano uh, that you thoroughly enjoyed. Uh, but it took me the third time uh, to finally enjoy and respect that. Um, and just, you know, I, 
honestly, the production value of what NOAA and Russell Universe does. Uh, I Again, the lack of DDT, I, I can't wait to check that out to maybe see if they kind of have sort of the same. Um, but definitely uh, really, really enjoyed me some NOAA this year. Number four, Stardom. Um, I mean, fuck. I mean, when you have uh, Moonlight Kid and, and you have, you know, Julia kind of, you know, coming through the ranks here, um, just uh, uh, not to boy and, and uh, you know, having crazy feuds with Tom Nakano to then, you know, blossoming into a beautiful uh, tandem that they have uh, to, you know, just stardom being stardom, being putting on great, fantastic matches um, was very enjoyable. Now, I didn't go the, the thorough route as you did, uh, you know, kind of from the start to the end of the year there, Ryan, but definitely appreciated uh, the stuff that I did watch and, and kind of excited to see 2023. Uh, I want to see the trios. I'm, I'm bummed that that started already, but I definitely want to start catching up on that. Uh, my number three, yeah, New Japan Wrestling. I remember when New Japan used to be like number one for like ever. It's like, this is the best wrestling ever, but uh, a little stagnant in some instances, you know, kind of had its, its majority four to, four to five wrestlers that always seem to kind of be flip-flopping there. Uh, and also, I'm partially torn because Tomohiro Ishii is kind of on <laughs> that, that that granddad uh, roster of, of New Japan now. But definitely having, you know, your your best events of the year to start off the year of, of 2022. Uh, you know, to kind of having a lull, but, you know, that G1 climax, and it never disappoints. Even the, the um, New Japan Cup this year with, with Zack Sabre Jr. getting that, that win, that victory, um, I thought was a tremendous uh, asset to have. My number two, Dragon Gate. I mean, from building stars to making new factions to breaking up factions that have been a staple within that company, and then saying, all right, Z-Brass is a thing, um, to, to Ben K wearing a hella dookie rope chains like he's coming out of an LL Cool J video circa 1988. <laughs> uh, it's just a, a fantastic thing to watch. And Shun Skywalker, man, he, he definitely has become that face um, of that company uh, where he could switch it up. But damn it, man, he can heal the shit out of anybody. Um, but definitely re- really re- respect and, and, and love me some Dragon Gate. Also, check out on the archives over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio, blogtalkradio.com forward slash strong style media. Uh, Ho-Ho Loon and Ryan's interview from 2022, a wonderful hour of uh, just shenanigans and some just, you know, kind of getting to know each other there. And my number one, All Elite Wrestling. Um, I mean, you have dog collar matches. You have, you know, Blackpool combat clubs. Uh, you're the most random arrays of stuff. And then, <laughs> oh, yeah, the indoor events, uh, you know, to kind of tie everything all together. Uh, and then Shibata losing Orange Cassidy. Which made <laughs> it's the reason why uh, it's my my best promotion of 2022. <laughs> what I love too is like when when that first faction went together, and I was like, "The fuck is a Blackpool Combat Club? Like that's stupid." Yeah. Then like a month into it, I'm like, "Man, these guys are so tight." <laughs> <laughs> just go, like completely changed all of my feelings. I was like, "Oh man, I'm like these guys go hard." <laughs> so I thought that was that was pretty uh, 
That was pretty good. Um, so uh, my number five promotion of the year, uh, Shindapon Pirisu, New Japan Pro Wrestling. I thought that they had a better year, but they just still feel like they're missing something. This year's Wrestle Kingdom seemed like they're back on track, and uh, hopefully mm-hmm. it continues. Uh, my number Do you think four, they missed the Intercontinental Championship? Hell yeah. Agreed. I I still think it's one of the dumbest. You could you could headline B shows with that. You know that was your semi main event of Wrestle Kingdom. You threw it away for. I nothing. mean, you could have had Shingo or Osprey just carry that the, the whole year if if they wouldn't have disbanded mm-hmm. that title. Yeah, Nakamura made that belt so popular it was as it was it was basically like the white belt in Stardom. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not the red belt, but it's damn near just as prominent because of the people that have had it. Or it was when Razor Ramon had that strap in the WWF, and it was way cooler than when Diesel was champ or anyone else. <laughs> that is true. That, that belt was just as over as as the heavyweight title. It really was. Uh, my number four uh, goes to All Elite Wrestling. Oh, okay. Hell of a good year. Um, I've I'm starting to learn that I don't think Tony Khan knows how to put on a bad pay-per-view. I, I just, I can't think of the last time an AEW pay-per-view wasn't, wasn't good. Or there wasn't like things where we came out of it talking excitingly about things. Yeah. Um, and we'll get, I'll get to that more shortly too. Uh, number three, Dragon Gate, which I believe you had at number three also, right? Or did you have that too? Uh, my number two. Dragon Gate, Ben K. So tight. Uh, <laughs> Yuki Yoshioka, hell of a year. Shin Skywalker yeah. continues to make me more confident in how high I rank him in wrestling. I mean, Kota Minora. we Kota Minora, you know, he nice little refresh now in gold class where he can kind of rebound, get his shit back together. Um, you know, Naruki Doi left and he's already won two titles in DDT. He's a, and one in. <laughs> I think all Japan he's got one too now, or he's in a stable with one. But so like that definitely hurts a little bit not having him and you know some of the other shit where they with with these peros. But it is what it is. Um, Dragon Gate hell of a year. Number two, while they only had three shows, I thought two of them were in the the best ten of the entire year. Uh, Ring of Honor. I know that there's not a giant sample size, but Everything they did was tremendous. I mean, every yeah. pay-per-view was fucking incredible. They were so good. And their presence on AEW helped a lot, too. And it, it goes with what I said about AE, with, with the AEW pay-per-views. I don't think Tony Khan knows how to book a bad pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, he is literally what everyone has asked for that, that was a fucking... Meltzer reader growing up and stuff like that, all that stuff. We just just put a freaking Mark who understands booking and let him run with it, and that's what he's doing, and, and it works. <laughs> you know, he may get out, he may have uh, some problems with the backstage because he's not used to that. But what he's good at is booking, and he does a great job at it. So, yeah. um, ROH my number two. I loved it. Can't wait for them to come back. And my number one promotion of the year, Stardom. I, I mean, I I went through and in my top fifteen shows, I think five of them were Stardom. 
I just I wow. couldn't get over it. Like when I when I went off of grading shows, it just I mean everything they do is I, there's no company where the opener to the main event puts as much effort and known to as humanly possible in everything that they do like this company does. I mean, even Mina Shirakawa trying to speak to us in English and oh God, for, forgive her sexy ass, but when she's yelling crab penis, I was like, let's go. Greatest company <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so, Stardom uh, is my number one on that. Nice, nice. Um, Unit of the year, do you want to keep going first or you want me to jump back in front? No, we can. Uh, where are we going? Uh, unit of the year. Oh, unit of the year. Oh, awesome, awesome. Uh, I'm going to go uh, my uh, – honestly, they're number one in my hearts forever. Um, what did they say? It was a 13-year run or it was founded in 2013 or 2011. Um but unfortunately, Suzuki Goon said its farewell yeah. uh, December. And just to kind of see what these guys have done from Dangerous Techers taking over the tag division in New Japan in 2021 and 2022 there. Uh, to Zack Sabre Jr., like I said, winning the, the New Japan Cup here. Uh, to Minoru Suzuki just kind of going everywhere and anywhere, which is really cool. But to be in that leader... Uh, to, to wave that Suzuki Goon flag, Lance Archer being, you know, in AEW uh, when he wasn't hurt. Desperado, man, having death matches of the year, um, you know, kind of going everywhere. But but Despy being Despy. Um, and, and and Dookie, well, I mean, it's, it's Dookie, no. Uh, but Suzuki <laughs> Goon, it was beautiful cap. Uh, to, to kind of disband, if you will, uh, to have that, that Suzuki Goon versus Suzuki Goon match. Um, just, oh, it was just a phenomenal watch, a great unit. Uh, I will always pay respects. Kaze Nihare forever. Um, and, and yeah, they're, they're definitely my, my number five unit. Uh, my number four, the Jericho Appreciation Society. Um, I love how they, they love knowing that they piss people off and, and they're just going with it. And I think it just works. Um, Daniel Garcia, you know, kind of flip-flopping some, some titles here and there, pure champion, I believe. At the current moment, could still be champ, I believe. Um, but uh, those, those wacky French-Canadians, uh, <laughs> people, uh, it just works. And bringing back Sammy Guevara um, into the mix. Uh, and, the, and the man with the purple hat, Jack Hager, used to be uh, Ryan Cook's favorite wrestler back in 2010, <laughs> I believe uh, it was. But, but Jericho Shit being the wizard that he is. And the, the transformations that he can do uh, just, just makes Jericho. Pr- oh, and oh, yeah, bringing in Anna Jay. Uh, smart move there, smart move. Uh, my number three, Congo. Um, I mean, it's Congo. It's, it's, it's <laughs> fucking Kano. It's. It's uh, ah, I mean, we'll we'll get into Congo a little bit later, and, and I'm sure you'll get into it a little bit more as well. But um, I mean, when when you're having double champions, you know, a part of your your unit, uh, it's always a great thing. Uh, Zebrat, my number two, Dragon Gate, uh, heels upon heels, Red disbanding, uh, then you know, kind of becoming an entity, Iyo Watanabe, you know, kind of becoming the, the leader, if you will, you know, kind of having that, that junior title um, and, and basically anything and, and everything in between, but, but Kai, uh, look, Kai definitely deserves a lot of the love uh, from Dragon Gate. 
but also because Zebrats, if it wasn't for him being being mischievous and shit, um, I don't think it would have worked as much. And I mean, <laughs> let's be real. The the members of of this BB Hulk, you know, used to be a part of it. I don't believe he's in it anymore. Uh, Shoot Skywalker, uh, you know, kind of starting off the the 2022 there. Uh, Diamante, it's just a really solid unit. Um, yeah. You know, Sexy Boy Castle, unfortunately, is not a part of it as well. But, I mean, when you have former champ on champs with Kai, Skywalker, uh, Io Watanabe, Diamante, and Ishin, you know, kind of, you know, being the, the newest member, it's just going to be fun to watch. And my number one, even though Ryan's going to shit on it, I mean, the bloodline, it was the biggest thing that people were talking in all of pro wrestling. <laughs> Um, it, it was it was just it was great. I mean, the the storylines, the the promos, uh, to the matches, um, regarding all of them, I, I thought was fantastic. So, uh, those are my my units of twenty twenty two. Uh my number five unit of the year goes to prominence. Um, Risa Sarah was the leader with Suzu Suzuki, Kane Fujita, Mochi Natsumi, and Hiragi Kurumi. They worked uh, a lot of ice ribbon. Um, then they also kind of went out on the independent scene, which led them 2022 going to stardom, um, basing it off of the real life Julia and uh, Suzu Suzuki feud from ice ribbon when she left. So they brought back her whole, you abandoned all of us to go to stardom, especially me, Suzu Suzuki. Uh, and then just had a hell of a, a run from March on in stardom along with just doing outside venue uh, ventures too. But I mean, Risa Sarah was tremendous. Uh, she had a death match with um, Takashi Sasaki uh, in May of 2022. That was fucking awesome. Uh, just a, just a damn good sale. Probably my favorite women's stable in, uh, in the world of wrestling right now. Uh, number four, you already talked about him, uh, the bloodline. Uh, number three, I had uh, Natural Vibes, a little Natural Vibes action in here with uh, KZ and company dancing their way to the ring. Always giving it a good time. Always have great matches. Big uh, with Shimizu, big boss Shimizu and Jackie Funky Kame, Jason Lee, uh, Strong Machine J, breakdancing, and obviously KZ is one of my favorite wrestlers. Just a hell of a hell of a faction. Uh, number two, yeah, the break dancing alone. I'm so pissed. Uh, Strong Machine J should be my male wrestler of the year, just because. He'll <laughs> <laughs> just like stand there. He'll start moving, and then just break dancing for like 30 seconds, and it makes me the happiest man in the world. Um, I would have, you know, with two of their members having world title reigns. I wanted to go higher, but I couldn't. My number two is Congo. Um, I mean, they had a hell of a good reign. Starts off the first day of the year. GC heavyweight champion continues on to, you know, Kano getting the title. Nakajima's got the title. They have the secondary titles. But I just, I couldn't put anybody above the Jericho Appreciation Society. That is my number one. Nice. Nice. I just, everything they did was great. (laughs) It's, you can't, it goes back to what I said. 
it's it's incredible what you can do with people who have no idea who the fuck you are and give them freedom. Yeah. I mean, 2.0 were cut from NXT because they didn't know how to use them. They didn't want them to do anything. And they show up here, grab Daniel Garcia, and they're a hit. You know, it's just not hard. It's for wrestling. Yeah. So that's my Very unit. Uh, most improved year over last, Alex. Um, honestly, I'm going to go. It's hard because I have so much Stone Cold Steve. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, Wardlow. Um, before kind of the oh, last, nice. you know, tail end of 2022. Um, yeah, that's a good one. And even though MJF no showing, you know, the the signings and everything, a double or nothing. And then him just kind of running, you know, coming in to do the job. You know, you can kind of see that, but but he still controlled that audience. He had that Goldberg-esque entrance. You know, people chanted Wardlow, but but I definitely – we saw this guy at Warrior Wrestling, and, you know, we were just like, oh, I don't know if this guy has it. And then we saw him at another Warrior Wrestling. He was like, oh, all right. Um, and then, you know, he gets signed, and he's there, and he's there. You know, kind of like a Roman Reigns, if you will, that silent muscle – you know, just was there to, you know, kind of have a cool spot here and there. Uh, but this guy, you know, was definitely built that character. Um, you know, he, he told everyone he loves to make love to, to numerous women, you know, at the same time. That's how he gets ready uh, for wrestling, you know, a la, you know, the great Ocon. So hopefully uh, they, they met up at the Forbidden Door event and, you know, just shared some pointers. But uh, definitely I have Wardlow um, at my number five. Number four, Jake Cargill, just because she keeps getting better and better. Um, uh, she's just great. Um, <laughs> it, you know, in the ring, it's, it's baby steps, but you could see the subtle mm-hmm. differences. Mm-hmm. Controlling of a matchup, um, is one of them, but her pro skills are just awesome. And you know what? It brought the baddies and it showed the world Layla Gray. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, my number three, Daniel Garcia. Um, yeah. just as a character overall, um, we always knew he could wrestle, um, but just kind of, you know, that, that storyline of is he going to, you know, turn on the Jericho Appreciation Society? Is he going to go out on his own? Is he going to, you know, slap Wheeler, Utah, uh, you know, just to get that pure title? There was just a lot of um, hills, not ups and downs in a bad way, but just as a trajectory on where they wanted to see that character and just, you know, him and Sammy, you know, kind of going – you know, having that inner turmoil, wink, wink, you know, with, with uh, JAS at the current moment, I think is a really, really fun thing. Um, most improved, not saying that I didn't know his skills in NWA, um, but Ricky Starks, man, uh, again, just that overall control and taking over, um, you know, kind of like Breakout, you know, he's kind of on both of those lists there. But, uh, you know, even match-wise, he, he always seemed to kind of hurry in his matches. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems like, again, he knows how to control that tempo, um, you know, that, that we kind of seen. Um, and honestly, my number one, kind of a tie, but, you know, I, I know that's kind of cheating. It's kind of three dudes, <laughs> but the acclaimed and, and Carmelo just Hayes. three boys. <laughs> like, they're just, it's hard to kind of say, but, like, seeing, you know, a little bit of the Car- Carmelo Hayes NXT TakeOver matches, you know, that that I did watch blew me away how he kind of commands that, that, that screen presence. Um, mm-hmm. Same thing with the acclaimed. 
uh, Sir and, and Bowens, you know, minus Bowens' injury. Uh, but, man, they have improved where they became one of the hottest things in all of pro wrestling that wasn't the bloodline, um, you know, in, in the landscape there. So, you know, in the year of the punk, uh, elite debacles and MJF and whatnot, the acclaimed were always there and people were always hyped uh, to watch yep. them. Good, good call on that one. Um, I can say that I'm going to have a whole different list, which I think is kind of cool. Uh, one that shocked me I put on, but I snuck her on last minute. My number five was uh, somebody who has made my worst uh, of the year list. Is now on my most improved. Uh, Willow Nightingale. Hey! Uh, her ROA shit really impressed me on the pay-per-views. And I really dug her AEW stuff. Yep. I thought she'd talk she about looked... a white meat baby face. She has that, mm-hmm. like, yeah, and it works for her. It works for her personality and her presence. When, and she, it looked like she started, when she got eight to AEW and started doing, you know, um, uh, the YouTube shows and getting more reps, she started getting more comfortable. She was in there with good talent. Kind of like what I was saying, you need to do a Jade Cargill, and it worked. She worked her ass off, and she had a great match. I mean, that she had that awesome tag team match with Ruby Soho against uh, JAS women. That was really good. That um, was. My number four, Jungle Boy. I was shocked how he doesn't seem like a sideshow act anymore. Agreed. Uh they they call him by you know Jungle Jack Perry's totally fine the Jungle Boy Jack Perry totally fine, and one thing I never would have said before but I realized you have to do it you can never change his music because the second that goes on the crowd is immediately their arms are flailing and they're into it you know but they figure you know out how weird to... is do you think Jr which where are you Jr um, do you think, in a way, by Jim Ross always telling him Jungle Jack Perry, you know, slip up or not, in a way, kind of helped build that character instead of Jungle Boy, where people were like, yeah, he is Jack Perry. He is this or that, where usually promotions will say, stick with the gimmick, always with the gimmick. Where it's just like, we all knew he was Luke Perry's son. We all knew that he was talented. Uh, we all knew that he had an impossible gimmick to maybe slip away from. But I think you're right. That music, as much as I can cringe on that, it's so over. Um, us seeing it live a few times this year, we're just like, <laughs> oh, this is cool shit as I'm waving my hands in the air. But but I agree. He he definitely stepped out of that um, and just being a, a quote-unquote uh, Encino Man ripoff uh, in some way. No, I'm just kidding. But, no, I, I, I love that, that pick. Uh, number three, Diamante. Just uh... – wrecking ball of a, of a man. I might have even had him in here last year and he just got that much better again. That I I was thinking if if Yoshioka would have got through Shin Skywalker, I think Diamante needed to be the next challenger. Like that's how high up I have him in that company. I'm continuing the on the trend of Dragon Gate. Number two, Jason Lee. I think you could argue he's the best junior heavyweight in the world right now. Um nice. I I think even over Hiromu just because he he's in there with not just juniors and he's putting on matches of the night, match of the night. The tag yep. match from um, night one of Kobe World was, I mean, almost a five-star match. Mm-hmm. 
and then, then when they go to Kobe, KBS Hall, and they do the Kung Fu Masters, and he's in a whole different faction just for one night, <laughs> it's always over. <laughs> like, just a, just a hell of a hand when you look at back at him and his uh, Cruiserweight Classic days. He's just been tremendous. And uh, number one, this was the this might have been the biggest no-brainer, in my opinion, for any category. But most improved year of the last, Yuki Oshioka. The guy went from halfway on TV to being the demon, um, in R, the R.E.D. demon. And then they split up the the fourth night or the fifth night or whatever of the or the second week of January. He wins the tag titles. He goes on six months later to win King of Gates. Then he wins the Open the Dream Gate title. Has like five defenses before finally losing it after the year was over. So he came in getting a tag title and leaving with the Dream Gate. I mean, I don't think I don't think you could you could put anybody over that for improved. And his physique got better. His ability got better. His look got better. His mic got better. And his fucking hair got way tighter. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he is just the complete. He is like he is a cornerstone type of guy that I think that they struck gold with on him. Um, and then now this is a different category. Don't you mean? Don't you mean gold class? Gold class. <laughs> He's he, with the D courage. Uh, so Alex breakout. So th- basically three three years or less in the business is what we're calling breakouts. Almost rookie of the year without saying rookie of the year because some of these guys, you know, have a have match been, in there. Well, like, that's why I was hot. Like, Diamante is my number five just because he's badass. And I'm sure he's been uh, my improved and breakout, you know, the last couple of years. And I was like, has it been three years? Has it not been? Yeah, you know, Because so he's been in Dragon like, Gate for almost three years, not even counting Mexico. Yeah. So, I mean, Diamante, for me, he's the breakout within that company. He was in that special attraction match. Um, God, when the, not the last show they had, but um, – God damn it. Where was the final gate one? Uh, oh, yeah. With Kota Minora. I thought that was yeah. like their big, like, holy shit. Like, they, they love this guy. Um, and then him getting that, that win where he just slams Minora from, like, 20 feet in the air, just, you know, kind of down to the ground. Uh, it was He's just a pleasure to watch. I mean, he's most improved, like you were saying. Uh, but, I you know, I think he's been like that. But now it's, like, his it's his time. Like, he is that you know, hopefully uh, the the next leader of, of that faction, you know, coming in, you know, in the next year or so. Uh, my number four, the acclaimed. I mean, the breakout Ooh, I like should that. be the, the acclaimed award if it wasn't for, you know, what they started as, you know, a, a uh, you know, thrown together during the pandemic shows and, and whatnot. And, you know, in, in 2020, some injuries and whatnot that were kind of getting over in 2021 and 22 was, was definitely their breakout year. Uh, one of the hottest uh, merch sellers and, and, you know, segments um, and YouTube views um, of that whole company was definitely mm-hmm. acclaimed. Uh, my number three, the King I mean, it was this guy like 12, but he's putting on <laughs> banger after banger um, saying, screw you, Kenny Omega. You ain't got nothing on me yet. Um, and, and he's just making the rounds. He's, he's making it, he's making himself that must see wrestler, um, at all these events that he's running outside of Mexico in, in 2023. So 
definitely be on the lookout for him. Uh, my number two was your number one most improved, uh, Yuki Yoshioka. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, beating Kai, huge for, for Kobe World. You know, it was definitely time for Kai to lose. But like you said, five, you know, title defenses, you know, in, in the back half of 2022 um, until he unfortunately, you know, kind of kind of lost the strap there. But uh, I, I believe held that Open the Dream Gate championship um to a prestige that it, you know, Kai was, you know, that that jokester heel, you know, if you will. Uh, but Yoshioka put on those matches where, you know, you're going to get 25, 35 minutes. And just to be in awe of his uh, chiseledness was great. And my number one, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, Logan Paul. <laughs> what, three matches? A couple times on TV, <laughs> he gets hurt. Uh, has a banger with, with Roman Reigns in Saudi Arabia. Hurts himself and then comes back, you know, way earlier than what they were saying. So, I don't know. Maybe they're all lying to, to us because it is a carny business after all. But, goddamn, Logan Paul, who would have sunk? Uh, a guy I paid no attention to because uh, he seemed like a scumbag. It makes me uh, say, what is he going to do next, um, you know, in the ring? So, that, those are my top five for, for breakout, too. <laughs> you know what's crazy, too, is Bikinio, 25 years old. Made his debut December twelfth of twenty twelve. Oh, so he's. Oh, I thought he was legit a kid. Yeah, he's. He started at fifteen or fourteen. Then my number five, I'm. I'm, I'm changing up to uh, Steve Austin. <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> um. So my 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 five, I, I stuck with that kind of the the mindset of trying to keep it like rookie rookie. Um, yeah. And some of these I had to verify, so I went on cage match to see when their first match was and shit like that. Um, uh, but my number five is Solo Sokoa. Uh, comes in, and he's in the biggest angle in the number one company in the world. And he's the guy who could clearly benefit from this really taking off. And as I said, you know, if you really want to develop your star, that's your guy you, you have to get the payoff at the end of it. Uh, number four, the former Takumi Hayakawa, uh, now known to us as Gold Class's old Minarita, was a treasure running around, yeah. uh, having people chase him. And he ends up with, uh, you know, going on to win the Brave Gate from Hill at Final Gate, uh, coming out as a champion when he was nothing more than a mascot sidekick to Kota Minora. So I, I thought uh, he's been tremendous. Uh, number three, uh, Hook. Um, I mean, you can't argue anything he's done in AEW. He's undefeated. They make him feel like a star. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to be a star. And he's um, not on TV every week, which is smart. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I almost went number two with Hook, but I, I didn't. I went three. Number two, I went Logan Paul. For all the reasons you obviously said. Um, and then uh, Breakout. Uh, star of the year for me is Takuma Fujiwara over in Dragon Gate. Oh, this guy, yeah. I mean, he didn't wrestle in front of fans for his first match until a few months ago or whatever it was. He's just just incredible with everything he does. Holy hell. I am having a problem over here. What? I have to take a break. If, uh, if you remember me on uh, Saturday. Gotcha. gotcha. <laughs> Holy Hannah! Like I'm starting to sweat. 
Well, we are definitely going to talk uh, show of the year here. Because um, you know me, I can talk a shit ton. And then while you are doing that gimmick, um, <laughs> what I will be doing is going a little into, I'm going to be, you know, cheating a little bit here, as always, uh, with, with the awards. Uh, but I'm going to combine a lot of these two two nights, because if you break it down into one full card, um, I believe you can easily, you know, make them as shows of the of the year. I mean, to be honest with you. Uh, but my number five, uh, WrestleMania, um, was a 38, 39, what, what have you. Um, dudes, we, dude and dudettes, we get the return of Stone Cold Steve Austin, a headline, in a match, a brawl, whatever you want to call it, with Kevin Owens. Uh, but it had all the theatrics um, that you would want. And, and honestly, it, Kevin Owens, a, a, as everyone talked leading into it, a, in a, an opponent that Austin can trust, but also could carry that match due to the fact that, you know, he's Kevin Owens. Um, but also we, we saw the, the re-debut of Cody Rhodes um, with one of the best entrances and pops that I've seen in a long, long time. Him and Seth Rollins, you know, kind of coming up uh, and starting one of the better feuds of 2022. Um, Bianca Belair beating Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's title, uh, one of my favorite matches of the year. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot have that on my list um, <laughs> due to the fact that, you know, I'm sure Ryan would shame me. But one of my favorite feuds, um, if not, uh, you know, matches, uh, especially for, for women's wrestling there. Uh, we got Logan Paul, you know, making his, you know, kind of debut here, uh, going against the Mysterios, um, which I thought was was awesome. Um, and, you know, that was just, you know, that was just Saturday. Um, you know, they, you know, we had the, the big main events, uh, you know, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, as much as we've seen that, it just takes way, way too long, um, you know, just, just with kind of what Lesnar and Reigns have done uh, in their careers. Hopefully this will be the last WrestleMania match that we see of them. Um, but again, we, we, we get an Austin stunning Vince McMahon, uh, we had Edge and AJ Styles, which I thought was was pretty damn good. Um, Sasha Banks and Naomi, kind of the the start of their decline, if you will, uh, going against Queen Zelina and Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley and Natalia, um, and uh, Natalia and Shayna Baszler, I should say. But uh, definitely interesting um, for that fact. Uh, Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn. Um, and RK Bro, you know, kind of, you know, retaining their, their titles. Uh, unfortunately, a a year that could have been a little bit more. But uh, my number four uh, event, AEW Revolution 2022. Um, this was the, an event that had a great Eddie Kingston, Chris Jericho, you know, lead up. Um, any lead up with Kingston because he's just so honest. Uh, whether you, you, you know, the wrestlers hate him or, or, or not definitely brings up the, the fact that he is that ultimate underdog, that one that, you know, all the frustrations Punk was kind of leading out. Eddie Kingston has kind of had that throughout his whole career. Uh, fantastic triple threat match. Uh, Jurassic Express taking on Red Dragon and the Young Bucks there. Uh, a lot of people were really looking forward into this match. I know I wasn't as much kind of going into it, but, you know, again, when you got uh, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, uh, Luchasaurus doing some crazy flippy floppy shit, but of course, like uh, Ryan was stating, um, on his most improved uh, Jungle Boy there, uh, just banger of a match there. Um, 
CM Punk, MJF, the dog collar match, uh, you know, in Orlando. We, we, me and Ryan try to get down uh, for this uh, event just for, again, the, the excellent buildup. But uh, the homage Punk had to his roots um, in Ring of Honor, to the old entrance, to the, uh, to the ring gimmicks, uh, but also having, you know, making MJF bleed uh, and, and, you know, not even be in that main event. But it was hard. For a lot of those matches, the you know uh, Moxley and Danielson uh, having a hell of a singles match, you know as Ryan stated, you know kind of that that prelude to the uh, to the Blackpool Combat Club, um, if you will. Hell, I think we even saw you know one Lord William Regal, you know, kind of in that match there. Uh, did have the title match, Adam Page, Adam Cole. Um, not one of my favorite matches there, but definitely put a serviceable main event. And I thought it was, uh, you know, a, a good way to cap it off. But, you know, hard when CM Punk and MJF <laughs> kind of goes above uh, goes above there. Um, my number three is going to have to go to a Wrestle Kingdom, uh, you know, kind of as a night one, night two. I won't count night three because that was, a, you know, of course, the Wrestle Kingdom um uh, Noah, you know, kind of trifecta there, uh, which, again, wasn't bad. But, you know, I think the big ones that you always want to kind of see uh, is is who Okada is going to, you know, kind of kind of fight, kind of wrestle. Uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, you know, he, he defeats Shingo Takagi, who was the champion at that time. And then to go on to night two and defeat Will Ospreay, uh, you know, kind of for that second night. Um, Hiroshi Tanahashi, Kenta was was a fantastic matchup. Um, Sonata, Great Okan, uh, no House of Torture from my books though. Um, but Despi Hiromu Takahashi always put on a banger there. Um, Despi actually getting that win, which I remember shocked the shit out of me. Uh, you know, watching that live here. Um, but again, Shibata, Ren Narita, we get Shibata, you know, kind of back. Uh, pre-Orange Cassidy, so I thought this was a, a, a wonderful, you know, kind of sign onto where things will be coming along here. Uh, my number two show of the year, Ring of Honor. Oh, why can't I get my notes here? Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor. Oh, sorry, no, Death Before Dishonor, because, you know, why not? Um, <laughs> but Death Before Dishonor. This, of course, had the legendary two out of three falls, Briscoe's FTR match. Uh, Claudio, how you doing there, sir? I'm, I feel a hell of a lot better. I feel a hell of a lot better. <laughs> Oof. Isn't that good, good? Um, no, I was just kind of going over how uh, my number five show um, was was WrestleMania kind of as a whole, just because, again, we got, we got Stone Cold Steve Austin back. Um, in, in a formidable, you know, main event there on night one. Uh, you know, Cody Rhodes ha- having that, that epic entrance and, and match with, with Seth Rollins there. Um, you know, as many times as we've seen it before, you know, Lesnar and the Reigns, but, you know, kind of seeing the bloodline kind of utilized. Hell, Sami Zayn and Jackass again were, were great. Um, then my number four um, was, uh, was Revolution AEW. Um, because of the dog collar match, Jericho Kingston, you know, kind of being one of them. Uh, my number three being Russell Kingdom both nights, because again, both championship matches being a bangers. Uh, <laughs> plus we got Chipotle back, you know, you know, against Ren Narita. 
you know, kind of in, in that, uh, yep. but not a match, you know, type of, type of a thing, just kind of making people feel fantastic about themselves. And then again, my number, um, my number two here, death before dishonor 2022, um, Again, that that brilliant two out of three Ring of Honor World Tag Team title for the main event, two out of three falls, FTR retaining their championships against the Briscoes there. We had Samoa Joe, Jay Lethal, you know, kind of that throwback for the uh, World TV title. Uh, Mercedes Martinez and Serena Deeb, um, which I thought was a nice, you know, hard hitter. But we had Dragon Lee, he's going to show up in WWE, by the way, which is insane, um, against Rooch, uh, Yuta beating, you know, Daniel Garcia. Uh, that crazy uh, Dalton Castle and the boys uh, title win, which I thought was great. And, of course, the thing that started it all, the Ring of Honor World title match, Claudio Castanoli beating Jan- uh, Jonathan Gresham. And that crazy uh, shenanigans, you know, uh, behind the behind the scenes was, was pretty damn cool. And my number one, <laughs> which we'll talk when, when Ryan goes through his um, Forbidden Door, New Japan, and of course, all elite wrestling. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so uh, we go to my number ten uh, show of the year, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Hyper Battle from April 9th. I had an average match rating of a three point five nine on there. Uh, Okada Zack Saber four and three quarters was the main event. Had the Bishiman United Empire went four and a half. Desperado and Show four and a quarter. Uh, and it had that evil Hiromu match that I went notebook on that was just badass. Uh, also had Shingo and Naito against Hanare and Osprey. And then it also had the uh, uh, Tanahashi with Jado and G.O.D. when they gave uh, Tabataga and Tagaloa the New Japan shirts uh, to make them part of the New Japan army. Uh, my number nine show was Noah the New Year. Uh I, I had a match rating of 3.6 on there. Headlined by the uh, Sugera, Sakuraba, and Kenta. Took on Kitamiya and Naba and Inamaro at four and a quarter. The Kano winning via head kick KO to Kiyomiya, four and three quarters. And then, obviously, Katsuki Nakajima, Go Shiozaki, which hangs on my wall, five stars. Uh, best match of the year. Just incredible, incredible stuff there. Um, at that Noah the New Year first day of the year too, which has made it so much so much better. Um, this will be the first of four times you're going to hear this. Ironically, I couldn't believe it. Uh, number eight, Stardom Flashing Champions from May 28th, 3.63 average match rating. Uh, Siori versus Prominence Leader, who I've talked about earlier, Risa Sarah was the main event. Sai Kamatani and Mirai. We had Donado Mundo and Oedo Tai for the. The Goddess is a Stardom title. Fukuoka Double Crazy versus Donato Mundo for the tag titles. Uh, all matches went over four stars there. Also four stars with Azumi and Tekla. Just just fantastic up and down. Uh, it also had the Kyrie and Tam Nakano uh, tag match against Miyu Amasaki and Utami Ayashishida. So flashing champions, hell of a hell of a great show. Um, then just just slightly above it at a 3.64. From the same month, too, May 5th, the Sardom Golden Week Fight Tour, Fukuoka Goddesses Festival, um, with Saya Kamatani and Micah was the main event. And then we saw Black Death, Momo, and Starlight against Fukuoka Double Crazy, 
which I went four and three quarters on. Tekla and Mayu Iwatani, which was tremendous. We also had Dona Del Mundo against God's Eye in that big I, uh, eight woman that had uh, Konami coming back uh, out of retirement to do the match with God's Eye, which rocked. Uh, seeing Siori in there with her. Uh, my number six was AEW Revolution, which had Hangman and Adam Cole in the main event. Uh, it also had the Moxley Danielson match, Punk MJF when Punk I uh, used the Diamond Ring to beat him. Um, it had uh, uh, Jurassic Express Red Dragon and the Young Bucks, which was tremendous. Uh, also that had the Eddie Kingston Chris Jericho match, and then also had House of Black versus Pac Penta and ironically Eric Redbeard, and it was really good. Uh, even though Redbeard was in a island driver from Brody King to lose, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, my number five, Dragon Gate, the final gate, which probably the most recent show on my list from Christmas Day. Yukio Shoka, Ben K, which was tremendous. Shingo and BB Hulk against Yamato and Madoka Kakuda. Best match, I think, in Kakuda's career. Um, one you brought up earlier, Alex Diamante, when he beat Kota Minora with the Rutella. Uh, Hyo and Minorita, which I talked about, and this show was just great. Uh, had a average of a 3.66 for me. Uh, then number four, Stardom, the World Climax, the best. Uh, they did two shows, the 26th and 27th, the best, and the the top was the one on the 27th, but the one, uh, World Climax, the best, had the first Siori and Julia match with uh, Siori getting the win in the main event, four and three quarters. Saya Kamatani and Utami Hayashi Shida, uh, where Kamatani hit the Phoenix Splash a minute before the draw, uh, so yeah. the 29-minute mark, four and three quarters on that. This was uh, the, the debut of Kyrie, I believe, as she tagged with Miyu against Tam and Unaki Sayaka with four stars. Uh, Fukuoka Double Crazy and Black Desire, four and a quarter. Uh, I mean, this shit rocked. This, this is really, really, really good show on there. Um, then we had number three, the Stardom Dream Queendom show uh, from December 29th. Uh, Azumi and Hikaru Shimizu 4.0 We got a super strong stardom giant machine And super strong stardom machine In the battle royal As Lady C mm-hmm. was super strong stardom giant machine Which is pretty funny to see Yeah I um, watched like Half of the show That's why I didn't, I didn't feel it was right That's so totally fine it but I watched like the the final four, five matches And I was like oh, But you said the, the good shit too Was in the beginning yeah, Kyrie and Utami Hayashi Shida went to a draw with four stars. Notebook for sure on that. It was really good. The loser had to go back to their old gimmick and neither would quit, so it's a good way to go. Uh, goddesses of Stardom titles changed hands with Providence, ironically, who I bring up again, Risa Sarah. Uh, Kurumu Hiragi and Suzu Suzuki defeated Ueno Tai when Suzuki hit a double German suplex pin with a bridge and Saki Kashima to defeat her, Starlight, and Momo. Four and a quarter on that. We had... Uh, Meltier lost the tag belts to 7-Up. Uh, uh, Nene Takanashi and Yu beating Nakano and Natsupoi. Sayu Kamatani defeated Haruka Umasaki. Went four and a quarter on that. And Siri and Julia. Uh, Julia with another lights death driver. Five stars. 3.81 yeah. match rating overall. Uh, then uh, the second best show of the year for me 
was Death Before Dishonor from July 23rd. Um, FTR Briscoe's two, I went four and three quarters. Lethal and Joe, I went four. Martinez Deed, three and three quarters. Roosh Dragon Lee, four and a half. Claudio Gresham, four and a quarter. Yuta Garcia, three and three quarters. I mean, this show just was the righteous against Dullcastle and the boys. I still went three and a quarter. I, I yeah, love everything about this show. Yeah, fun match. You say I would turn uh, Dalton Castle off. The average match rating uh, for, for that one was 4.03. So it averaged a notebook. Um, and the only thing that beat it was uh, Forbidden Door. Yeah, we I had there. I had an average match rating of 4.044. Or 4.44. And nothing that I had went five stars. Wow. Is that one on New Japan World? No, I don't know. Anywho. I really don't know. You remember we saw Minoru Suzuki team up with Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara? <laughs> oh, my God. It was crazy. I remember mean, we saw FTR beat Ropungi Vice and Great Khan and Jeff Cobb like to win Honor titles? <laughs> And like this is, God, I just I look at Will Osprey and I'm just like he's just, God bless him. Remember we saw Miro, Malachi Black, Clark Connors, and and, and Pack just <laughs> fight for titles. Yeah, like so I I look at Jingo my list here. We saw him team with Sting, bro. It was it was incredible. So I went on the Suzuki match. I went four and three quarters. The the tag title three way I went four and a half. The four way I went four and a half. I, on the dudes with attitudes, Darby Shingo's thing, I went four and a half. Rosa Storm went three and a half. Osprey Orange Cassidy I went four and three quarters. Claudio Zack Saber went four and a half. The four way uh, IWGP title went four and a half. And Moxley Tanahashi went four and a half. Like this show was fucking incredible. <laughs> We were there, <laughs> and that's like not if even they ever calling... sold matches or or events on discs. I would buy this. Mm-hmm. Dude, pre-show the the uh, the Despi Kanemaru against Swerve yeah. and and uh, Keith Lee. I went four and three quarters. That was my favorite match of the show, and it great. didn't even make the pay per view. <laughs> I mean, I was like, this is my favorite match of the whole thing. Yeah, so I just, just incredible. Yoshihashi coming up first. <laughs> Sorry, Deuce. Um, we got 20 minutes left, so we're going to have to keep running through these here. Uh, feud of the year. Um, I have three honorable mentions and five feuds. Um, Perfect. I, I will be probably less candid with my answer, so I'll just run through mine quick for you. Um, honorable mentions, I had the Jericho Appreciation Society versus uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Very cool. I had MJF and John Moxley. And I also had Sheamus versus Gunther, parentheses, Brawling Brutes versus Imperium. Yeah. That was, the, uh, if I had honorable mentions, that, that one was for sure. That I, I had them written down in my dream journal. Uh, my number five, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins. Yeah. Uh, number yep. four. Chris Jericho versus Ring of Honor. 
number three, Tam Nakanova versus Natsupoy. I love it. Number two, FTR and the Briscoes. And number one, CM Punk versus MJF. My number five. Well, for Vince McMahon versus the WWE. Um, my, my number three, CM Punk versus the Elite. My number two, MJF and CM Punk. And my number one, uh, FTR and the Briscoes, just because you didn't need nine weeks of buildup. You had a YouTube promo here and there. You had a, hey, this match is happening in three days here. Um, and and they just put it all in the ring. They told the stories in and outside of that <laughs> ring. Enjoy to watch. It makes me want to watch the 80s wrestling of all territories. Um, yeah, it's it, and it, it's just it's sad now. Like we're we're blessed to to be given these matches that these men put their bodies through the line or on the line here, um, and and you know we we will never see it again. Um, but we were given that gift uh, thanks to you know Dax and Cash and and Mark and Jay Briscoe. So yeah, I mean, fear to the air is just fan, fantastic to watch. Yeah, I have no no issue whatsoever with that decision. <laughs> um, match of the year, I actually I have thirteen because I have three. I gotta go match of the year because let's be real. You we, we gotta go, go single active, female and male. All right, so we're doing match of the year last. Yeah, I mean, doesn't okay. that make hey, more sense? I think? It works for me. Totally works for me. Uh, tag Perfect. team of the year, I have ten. Uh, number ten, the velocities. <laughs> uh, they had they had uh, you know th- three different title reigns over overseas. Uh, they had a good run in Rev Pro, uh, Pro Wrestling Australia. They did really well into. Uh, so it's a good year overall for velocities. Uh, number nine, one of their counterparts that had a better year, uh, Aussie Open. Yep. Now uh, we all love about them. Number eight, Swerve in Our Glory. We just talked about it a little no bit way. earlier. Um, number seven, even though they only had like, well, they had, I shouldn't say they only had, but, um, three relevant, but some others that were kind of, eh, but I had to put them in the list regardless. Uh, Jay and Mark, the Briscoes, number seven, uh, number six, Satoshi Kojima and Takashi Sugera. Oh, beautiful. I love it. Uh, number five, the Acclaimed. Number four, the Usos. Nice. Number three, Shin Skywalker and Diamante. Uh, number two, uh, the Young Bucks. And number one, FTR. I also have off the open, I got Lucha Bros. Um, Shin Skywalker, God, I, I love you. Uh, Skywalker and Diamante. <laughs> uh, my number five, though, Young Bucks. My number four, the Usos. My number three, the Acclaims. Um, and it was hard. I almost put Swerve and Our Glory in this top five. Um, just because in the ring they were great and just the story between those two. Um, and just to hear, you a big motherfucker, like right on TV, was, was great by Rick Ross. Uh, uh, two Briscoes. And number one. Fuck the revival, FDR, <laughs> family tequila and wrestling. <laughs> See, like I would have had the Briscoes higher, but like their game changer shit sucked. And it's not like their fault, but it, 
I just didn't think I like it. That that uh that pay per view made of hey that opener was not their fault. They made chicken shit out of or chicken salad out of a big pile of chicken. Shit. <laughs> their match that was four minutes against Nick Gage and Nick Hatred or Nate Hatred or whoever the I don't even fucking remember the other guy was Nick, with those guys. So bad. That's not Hammerstein. Yeah, but their Warrior Wrestling was good shit. Yeah, yeah. And their House of Glory was good. Yeah. But um, again, like, you can put on three eight-star Tokyo Dome matches. Yeah, those, I mean, those are just fucking... The, the only reason that I went the other guys over is because they had longevity of the whole year being able to showcase that. But, uh, and if I, if I made this list after the thing that happened, I might have selfishly put them higher because of it, too. Yeah. Um, uh, women's rest of the year. I have 10. Uh, number 10, while I don't think she was that good, at some point I got to keep kayfabe a little bit real. Um, okay. And she was the champ for the entire year, Mandy Rose. Nice. I love it. So okay. I, I just I don't think she was that good, but I just can't. At some point, I have to look at the fact that she was a champ for that long. So, uh, number nine, I have Camille from NWA. Okay. What's your favorite um, Camille matches? Uh, she had a good one with Thunder Rosa in the summer. Um, and then she had one near the end of it, I believe it was with Masha Slamovich that was okay. And then there was that yeah. Maxim Paler one on that fucking seven-hour NWO show. Oh, no, she worked, excuse me, she worked Kylan King on, Kylan King on that show. So the 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 Max the Playler one had to have been a different. I thought that was it, but no, she were Camille King at the very end. Um, I mean, Camille King's whatever. She's one of those Nightmare mm-hmm. Factory kids. So, but uh, I pulled out more than I think you thought I was going to, though. Agreed. Agreed. Well done. <laughs> uh, number eight, Shoko Nakajima. She went into Cyberfight as the Tokyo Joshi Pro Princess and Princess Champion. Said that awesome entrance with all the dinosaurs running around. Um, hell of a good year. Uh, would have been would have been higher, but she was overthrown by Yuka Sakazaki, who also had a great tag run with Mizuki as the Magical Sugar Rabbits. So she is my number seven. Number six, Starlight Kid, which I've talked about a lot today on a couple different spots. Uh, her her and Momo Black Desire. Uh, number five, Jade Cargill, which we've discussed her earlier as well. Um, Number four, I went Saya Kamatani, who held the white belt the entire calendar year. Just a tremendous, tremendous run. Uh, still going, by the way. Uh, number three, the EST Bianca Belair. Had a nice way to, uh, from WrestleMania on, to really close out the year. Number two, who could have been my MVP, um, had all the stakes against her, had a great year in ring, one of the best in ring like scoring years that people have seen on Cage Match. Like she was like the number two highest graded wrestler behind Mike Bailey, I think, for 2022 overall. Um, and wow. that's Julia. She's my number two. Uh, my number one, even though she lost the title on the 29th, um, you know she she came in as the best woman alive. PW, I'd agreed. Um, I'm going Siri number one. She was just, I mean, she was unbeatable. She was incredible. Um, I mean, I, I would say that we pretty much have 
um, the same list. Uh, my number 10, though, because of a cage match that changed my life with uh, her arch nemesis now, uh, you know, former. Well, I mean, they're still a tandem, uh, not too poor. Um, okay. Sam. Uh, a lot Hell of yeah. stuff. I started with the memes and shit on stardom over the year. And I would watch her matches, and it was just, I mean, she was champion on champion. And then, you know, yeah, just her and Tam were, were fantastic. I, God, I really wish I would have put them in my feud now. Um, <laughs> uh, my number nine, Thunder Rosa. You know, even if she's hiding in bathrooms and whatnot, you know, she still was, you know, kind of carrying that championship. Uh, best as she could, uh, you know, kind of in those dire circumstances. Uh, my number eight, Bailey, because her mic work is fantastic. The damage control, uh, Herman, EO, Sky, and, and the returning, uh, the, the fired and returning Dakota Kai to form this stable. Yeah, it's a little wacky. Uh, you know, at the current moment, uh, they have the tag champs, though, uh, Sky and Kai. But, um, again, she can work the manager. She can work the ring. I thought her matches with, with Bianca Belair were, were really outstanding this year. Um, so I like you coming in just because, I mean, she's she's everywhere. She's been doing it since, like, Ryan, you know, was alluding to uh, to El Vikingo, uh doing it probably since she was, what, 16? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, that. Who knows? You know, kind of route there. Uh, but, you know, just still blowing it up and, and still healing it uh, as, as one of the best of them. Um, Becky Lynch, uh, from her, you know, WrestleMania match um, to, of course, her, her SummerSlam match with Bianca Belair. It was a good, long storyline that people have already forgotten, which kind of makes me sad because it was one of the better feuds. Um, you know, that I've seen in a whole calendar year of, of pro wrestling. Um, next up, I got uh, Jamie Hayter. Talk about oh, nice. side. Um, just what she did in the ring and to capture, uh, you know, the the audience. Like, you know, Britt Baker being, you know, kind of the star of that company, especially of that women's division, but one of the stars, the pillars, um, and then Jamie Hayter kind of being the, the heater, if you will. But people took notice. People, you know, understood. And she just had that character. Um, now she's champion, and, and it's well-deserved there. Um, next up, I have uh, Jay Cargill as well. <laughs> Definition of a pro wrestler. Once she gets it, and again, she's only been doing this for, for two years, for a couple, you know, maybe a couple times a week, you know, as Ryan alluded to, with not a lot of, you know, crowd work as she should be doing to, to kind of grow a little more, but hey, she's doing her damn job. Uh, she's doing it damn well as champion. Um, and, and she still had that, that wonderful uh, not sky blue. Is it sky blue? I get her. Yeah, the blue. finish that they had? Uh, yeah, at the, uh, the Battle of the Belts. Oh, she's, she's phenomenal to watch her grow. Uh, then I got, just because you know, as you were saying, she was champion um, and, and I didn't see as much but I remember her 2021, and it was fantastic. And I've seen probably about six, seven matches of Shiri, um, you know, kind of coming in and, and just, I mean, she led stardom. She has a great story of MMA background, winning it for her mom. Uh, you know, that was her story of 2021 until she finally, you know, beat uh, Yama Shishida uh, for it to, to kind of hold the majority of the year. And then, you know, having a banger of a match. Uh, was my number one, but of course my number two, uh, my favorite wrestler to watch on WWE, probably of the males and females is Bianca Belair. Uh, from the skip to her matches to her growth, 
Um, her mic work, you know, hey, it is what it is. You know, it's only hopefully going to get better. Um, but Bianca Belair definitely demands uh, all eyes on the ESP. Uh, number one, Julia. Uh, this is hey. the guy Ryan many years ago. Um, and he was saying, watch out for her. Watch out. And if you've been listening to the show the last, you know, month and, and you know, hearing his, or even the year, but, but over the last, you know, month or so, with him talking about her journey, uh, you know, how, you know, she wasn't well-liked, you know, kind of right away. Uh, and then just asserting her dominance and her character in Donna Del Mundo, you know, the, the, you know, the misfits, if you will. And yeah, now she's champion and it's, it's well-deserved. Oh, yeah. well, is she a title now in stardom? Um, yeah, I think she has actually. And she just on uh, the night three of the triangle derby did her, uh, uh, endurance test, her like test uh-huh. match, where she worked uh, ten wrestlers, five minute time limit, uh, continuous one after another, and oh, she wow. went she went two zero oh, and eight, eight draws, two wins, no ties. But wow. like every match was different. She wasn't blown up after fifty minutes. Like it was so good. I was like four and a wow. half. It was probably the best trial series I've seen any red belt champion have. Nice. Highly nice. recommend people watch it. It's long, but it goes fast. Um, speaking of long and going fast, my men's list, trying to get through this quick here. Um, I have five honorable mentions in mine. Uh, CM Punk, MJF, Kaito Kiyomiya, Cody Rhodes, and Kento Miyahara. Uh, just because I wanted to go Miyahara higher, but that company was just so bad. There's only so much he can do, and I respect how much he tries, but just say it ain't so sometimes. It's not yeah. your year. Uh, number 10, this guy picked up the ball when an accident happened at Cyber Fight and had a hell of a closing out of 2022. Uh, DDT champion Kazusada Higuchi as my yeah. number 10. Uh, number 9, becoming the longest reigning IC champion, I believe now, is Gunther. Number 8, the leader of the JAS himself, Chris Jericho, because he's a wizard. Love it. Number seven, same boat as Higuchi, just on a bigger stage, so I put him a little bit higher, but that is the one and only John Moxley. Uh, number six, this guy, WrestleMania weekend, put on like 11 four-star higher matches and didn't quit uh, throughout the rest of the year. Uh, everything he did was great, including his Iron Man match and Impact. Number six, Mike Bailey. Nice. Uh, number five, champ for about half the year, lost the title, won back-to-back G1s, and obviously went on to win a title that we'll find out in the next year award ballot. But nonetheless, uh, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada. Uh, number four, guy who I said his praises over and over, um, had a hell of a tag run with a guy named Diamante, and he's now... In 2023, you're open the Dreamgate champion. Uh, this guy is one of the best gimmicks in wrestling, being the lunatic he is, talking to himself and just making noises for no reason. Uh, but shooting Skywalker, just perfection in a wrestling ring. It's my number four. Sticking with Dragon Gate, a guy I said earlier, I don't need to throw any more flowers. Yuki Yoshioka at number three. Uh, number two, this is a guy who I hope has an even better year, but... He went all over the world, and he bet on himself, and he was allowed to do it, and he would have been the wrestler of the year had not some other guy in the world decided to wrestle. Uh, but my number two goes to Kanosuke Takeshita. And my number one, which okay. I don't Love even, I, I don't even know how, you, how this one's debatable. Um, this guy had 
I think he had something along the lines of 34 matches that were all like four and a quarter or higher on average grade, not just Meltzer, some just astronomical number. Um, I'm, I'm probably not even giving him enough credit, but number one, I mean, Will fucking Osprey. I, 2022, I don't think there's anybody who even sniffed the year he had with with being a wrestler. I mean, it was just, he was incredible, top to bottom. Just fucking God, he's so good. Makes me sick how good he is. Um, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Um, pretty much, we we had them all. My number ten, Yuki Yoshioka. Uh, yeah. My number nine. Chris Jericho, my number eight, CM Punk. Uh, my number seven is Gunther. My number yeah. six is uh, do do Was it? Uh, oh, Kazuchika Okada. My number five is Shun Skywalker. Um, my number four is uh, Kano. Um, as the oh, leader nice. of Congo. I mean, cool. having. I mean, for Nakajima to be you know kind of out due to uh, you know hitting hard. Uh, you know, Kano kind of you know in. <laughs> That, that throne, if you will, after having a fantastic 2021. My number three um, is John Moxley, uh, leading that company, holding that company down uh, when chaos, you know, kind of evolves. Uh, my number two, MJF, just mic work alone. My God. Um, just told stories upon stories upon stories. He was must-see TV. And my number one, Brian said it, Will fucking Osprey. Yeah, he just, I mean, it's unreal. G1 final, baby. Watch <laughs> it. So, Alex, they're going to cut us off in 70 seconds. That what? says to me that um, we got to have a special show, I don't know, tomorrow or Thursday or something, where we, we got to do a dedicated show to match of the year, I think. Yeah. I mean, we could do easily an hour. Yeah, I I don't think it deserves 55 seconds. No. Um, I might go see the Fablemans because it's like 10 minutes away, but maybe we could do like a 10 o'clock show on Thursday. Okay. Yeah, otherwise, uh, depending what you have going, I'm off of work tomorrow too. Okay. What time do you have sportscast? Um, it was, it's supposed to be at 8 o'clock. Luke has taken over the, the Twitter and everything and is doing a good job about it. And he had mm-hmm. guests lined up, but they haven't confirmed yet. So if he doesn't have guests, that's going to hurt our show. We might have to postpone the show. So if that's okay. the case, we want to run a match of the year tomorrow weekend. I will okay. give you more information as we go tomorrow. But that being said, before they cut us off, Alex, thank you for a tremendous yeah. show. I can't wait to talk match of the year with you. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. we came in hard. First half. Guter Shaman. Number one. We're out.